Welcome to the Good-ish People podcast. I'm Jackie Pruitt. And I'm Hannah Jones. This is a podcast where we have conversations, as you all know, that are sometimes hard. Ah, man, that hurts. Sometimes funny. I hope you thought what I did was funny. Just kidding. I'm all in my head now. Sometimes awkward, like I just was just now. <laughs> um, and sometimes I can't remember the next one. Silly. But all the while, I just made that one up too. We're just trying to be good people, but let's be real. We're always just good-ish. Emphasis on the ish. Join us as we laugh, cry, and snort our way through our life's most pervasive and relatable conversations, which this week is about none other than personality types. We'll be going through uh, just a really brief overview from a non-expert level of Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, and then we'll just talk about my personality type, Jackie's personality type, get into it, get in the weeds, and hopefully give you guys an example of how you can use these to learn more about yourself and then become better um, or, you know, help other people understand you in a way that's con- constructive instead of just like wallowing in who you are, which I tend to do with personality tests. So that's the goal. At the end of the podcast, we'll have to check in and see if we achieved that. Uh, yeah, that, that's all. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, also too, we gotta we gotta talk about how we're back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, we we took a little a little breaky break, and then um, unfortunately Hannah was sick last week, which was sad. But she's feeling much better now, which we're happy about. She's glowing. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Okay, I can start with my good. Um, I am getting a new job, which is so exciting. And um, thrilled for you. Yeah, so I'm really pumped. I'm excited to have something fresh and new. I think that's going to be really helpful. And for a lot of reasons, I won't disclose. I'm just, I feel grateful uh, to have this change specifically and really looking forward to it. I I do have that like uh, pit in my stomach of you don't know how it's going to go and you just, I'm hoping for the best, but at least it's a new a new job at a new company that I am excited to work for and it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. And also I get to have some time off in between, which is the best part because I've been sick recently and I'm still sick and I don't know what's going on with me and I won't get into that because nobody cares, but <laughs> I need some time to rest and recover and I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to do that over the next two weeks. Although I'm already having anxiety that the time is going by too quickly and I'm stressed about it being over soon and I need to let that go because if I'm thinking about the fact that it's going to be over, then I'm not actually thinking about the fact that I'm enjoying it in the present. So that's my current, that's maybe my ish, honestly, is that I've just Mm -hmm. been like really in my head about feeling like I'm never going to catch up on rest or recovery because I've been sick and um, just don't know what's going on with me and I don't know when I'm going to get better. And there's no actual, I mean, I've got two weeks to rest, but there's no actual extended break as an adult. Mm. And that stresses me out to think about. So that's my ish, I think. Mm. Jeez. Well, I do the exact same thing when it comes to holidays, vacations. I think we've talked about this a little bit before. Yeah. I was thinking about when the time is going to come to a close and that I get all in my head about that. And that's not a fun thing. So I, I resonate with that. I feel you on that, but I'm extremely thankful for you to be out of your old job and into the new. That is amazing, and I'm so excited for you, and I'm sending you all the good vibes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think it's going to be good. It's at least a fresh start and a new season, which I want to make sure I'm, like, extremely grateful for because 
it's not always possible that 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 can happen. And I'm really grateful for this opportunity to start fresh. Oh, I'm excited too. Me too. Me too. Jackie gave me really cute ornaments for it because my company is based in Paris and I got a baguette and a little scooter. They're on my tree now. I'm very excited about them. So she, <gasps> shout out to Jackie. She's a great person. Ah, uh, no, you're you're a great person, and I wanted to let you know how much I appreciate you and excited for your next experience. And this is gonna be really great. Dilly dilly, dilly dilly, dilly dilly, indeed. indeed I don't think indeed, I'll indeed. ever stop saying that, and I like will be the crazy old lady that people are like, "Wow, that millennial." Yeah, I look forward to it. Ah, uh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be the best. <laughs> I All am right. coming you to ready? terms. What's that? I was going to say, are you ready to share your goods and your issues? But you were about to make a comment. I want you to say it. Oh, shoot. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. You're I'll saying go. I've come to terms. Ah, yes. I've come to terms with my millennialism. I'm coming to terms with it, and I'm embracing it. I truly, I truly am. Yes. Do you yes. feel like you, because we've had this conversation a lot of times where you feel like you're kind of in between. Are you feeling now like you resonate more with being a millennial? Mm. I think I'm choosing to because like I I get all in my head um you know about uh I want to like be the most up to date in like saying cool. the wrong thing Lindsay, is terrifying yeah because they're gonna call you out oh yeah I get called all the time and I I'm like I have to be really careful with the words that I choose which I usually am already pretty careful but you know just being hip with the times and you know saying the cool thing you know I gotta have that riz. But the Riz, <laughs> I don't have Riz, and I'll go ahead and say it. It's just not my thing. I've never had Riz. Uh, I feel like though, if we're if you're too on it, and and Gen Gen Z, for instance, thinks that you're not a part of them, then they that almost makes them make fun of you if they think you're trying too hard mm-hmm. to be like them, right? I don't know. I remember that being kind of a thing when we were growing up. It's like if moms tried to act like they knew what was going on, it was like, oh man, she's trying too hard. Like a um, Amy Poehler and Mean Girls. <laughs> mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Where she like brings out like the video camera to like film the girls, and then she like yes. doesn't she like bring them out cocktails or something? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, so funny. Um, that's what I want to be like when I'm a mom. Just kidding. I won't be that crazy. I, I hope that just one day, when if I have a daughter, when her friends come over, I want to like just do that and freak her out and be like, "What's happened to my mom?" Yeah, where did she go? I'm going to do it. And she won't know. Well, actually, Mean Girls is a new version of Mean Girls is coming out again, which officially makes me know that I'm not in the younger generation because that was in, like absolutely formative for me. And they're yeah. remaking it, mm-hmm. which means it's been like 20 years. I'm skeptical. So... And it makes me feel old. Very old. Oh, man. Yeah. I know. Skeptical right here. I will watch it, but it's... Well, it's because I adore Tina Fey. In fact, I actually got uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler coming to Atlanta. I got two tickets, and I'm very excited. And if you want to come with me, it's in January. Oh, my God. Yeah, I do. Well, uh, we'll, we'll share deets later. <gasps> Set the fox. My gosh, I'm going to poop myself. I am straight up going to poop my pants right now. I'm so freaking excited. <gasps> They're like, like, I'm so I, I, like I, when you play the game, like who sits at who's who would you invite to dinner? Tina Fey is on my list every time. I just, I think she's an incredible person. Do I get the chance to talk to her at the Fox? <laughs> that would be insanely cool. I would, I, would, picture with her? I would actually probably poop my pants. <gasps> we would have to get it framed and signed. 
throughout talking about her memoir, like really specific things from her memoir that because I, I appreciate it. I've read and listened to it so many times that I just it's yeah, I, I would be a creepy fan. I'd try really hard not to be, and I think trying hard not to be would make me even creepier. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll find out or we won't find out, but I'll see yeah. her from afar at least on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see. Let's see how that's going. Um and I am just blown away. I'm like in shock now that I got invited to this. I'm very, very like, yeah, excited. Yeah, I meant to text you, but then I forgot. I okay. saw an ad Smart. on I saw an ad on Instagram and I immediately went to buy them and like most of the tickets were already sold out. And so I like had to snatch them up and I was like, I'll ask, I'll find somebody later. I'm just buying oh, two yeah, tickets. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. No, I'd love to go. Like, yeah. yeah, let's do it. All right. Goods and ish. Goods and ishes. Mm, let me start with my ish. I'm just going to say two words and everyone else can infer Georgia Bulldogs that is all and maybe I thought you were about to say fuck Bama <laughs> oh that too so yeah, four, words. Language, Mom. four words literally four words yep um it's it's deserved I I feel for you I really I really really do thank you thank you and then if, if any of you know me well you know my disdain for Alabama so I'm sure you can only imagine what my ish was this week and that's all I'm going to leave it at because I went into a pretty colorful description of Nick Saban and his team when Hannah arrived at my house. <laughs> I decided to put that trash talking behind me for now. And I'd like to enjoy the rest You've of my You've grown evening. so much in 15 minutes. I really have. I've, I've really so taken to becoming a responsible <laughs> and peaceful adult. So I've got to protect my peace. Yeah, no more talking about the angry elf. We don't need to. No, we do not need to. And so I'm going to shut it. There there when I was in college, the Iron Bowl was one of the college game days and I went and like there are so many signs that just had Nick Saban as an angry elf. It was so funny. And just a reminder to anybody Amazing. out there that doesn't go to college, I went to Auburn, so uh, I can hop on this bandwagon. But yes, it was hilarious how many signs said that. Yeah. I'm a few other things I can describe him as, but you know That was actually the kick six game. So it was a what? The kick six game, which, jeez, oh, mm. yeah. For those of you that watch college football, you know. You know. Sorry. <sighs> what a time to be in college. Um, what a time. So that's definitely my ish. So I'll lead Very with cool. that and then finish on a high note. So that's my ish. And then do you want to share your ish? Oh, I already did. So you can get right into oh, you yours. Did? Wait, yeah, I just talked about being sick and like feeling like oh, time oh, is getting I away. See. And I see. I, yeah. I for some reason thought that that was oh that makes sense you did do that they just like kind of bled into each other because like did, the good they the very, they're very uh, tightly related this week mm-hmm. i see that okay they're almost okay. mixing like a lava lamp you know what i was about to do my ish oh oh no you're, you're good. good you're good god what's wrong with me y'all i don't know i don't know i got stuff flying around my head flying around my head good my good was mm. The Christmas party we went to on Friday night. Ah, so good. It was amazing. Um, Hannah, myself, Ned, and Connor went to our good friends, Michael and Clay's house. They hosted a brilliant Christmas cocktail party. Um, It was amazing and a really special time. And so I had a little too much fun, though, at the party. And so I had to take a little r&r on saturday because i can't drink like i used to slash i cannot mix alcohols together and i always forget that i cannot mix alcohol together i mean i don't forget i think i choose not to remember i think that that's the distinction there 
makes that, sense. You know, that being said, uh, it was worth it. I uh, had a splendid time, did a lot of dancing. And not gonna lie to you, I threw out my back a little bit. Did you? Yeah, like it kind of hurts every time I walk. Oh, shoot. So I didn't really throw it out. It was like a mini throw out. Like it kind of hurts still. still. I was wearing these like really high heels and I was getting down, you know, down low and bouncing around. And I'm not 20 anymore. <laughs> so that's that's how that goes. <laughs> one thing we learned this weekend. weekend. What? If there's one thing we learned this weekend, we are not 20 anymore. No, I, uh, you'd think I don't have learned my lesson by now, but sometimes this lady likes to get a little loosey goosey and, and forget sometimes what the rules are. And just, you know. Well, I think it's like, for me, it's that I'm really hoping that my previous experience was just like an anomaly and that this time it'll be better and that like I can do it still. Because it was so fun to be 23 and have no effects, but mm. here we are. Uh, it's it's a problem. Hey, you know, we're learning one step at a time, one step at a time, you know, moving in the right direction. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our topic today, and Hannah did a beautiful job of describing it at the beginning of the episode, is we're going to be going into the Myers-Briggs and Enneagram test. Now, both Hannah and I are familiar with our Myers-Briggs types, which we'll get into. Same as our Enneagram types or Enneagram numbers, which we will then kind of connect the Myers-Briggs with the Enneagram and kind of look at some similarities or parallels between the two of them. Um, But I think we're going to kick us off with Myers-Briggs. Yep. Yeah, I guess yeah, I can say great. I guess off of Myers-Briggs. Do you, do you want to start, Hannah, with how you were exposed to the test? When did you learn about Myers-Briggs oh, um, man. and what it was all about? Yeah, great question. So I have known about Myers-Briggs, I feel like, for a really, really long time. It's definitely something people talked about in high school. It was the go-to personality test, I feel like, up till college. And I never really knew that much about it, though. I knew my type. And surprisingly, the free tests I took in high school were actually accurate uh, because I ended up taking an in-depth Myers-Briggs, paid full Myers-Briggs official test and got a full report when I was in career counseling. And it was accurate, my free test that I took in high school. So uh, that was fun. But yeah, I really think I've known about it for a really, really long time. And then I veered away from it when the Enneagram took flight for me in college and a little bit after. But when I revisited it last year in career counseling, I feel like it's a very practical test, I think. Like I learned a lot more practically about myself and and how I function, I think, than the Enneagram is very, for me, um, it's helpful, but it it connects really emotionally. And Mm -hmm. so that's a little bit different. But yeah, that's how I got connected to Myers-Briggs forever ago and then how I stayed connected as of this year. What about you, Jackie? So I thought Myers-Briggs was just like a dude that made up the test. I will lead with that. It's actually two women. Myers-Briggs. Um, which why I would have expected it any other way, I do not know, and I'm very ashamed. Patriarchy. Yeah, no, no, no. Not about that. Uh so it it's Catherine Cook Briggs and her daughter Isabel Briggs Myers found that very interesting so that is why i didn't know that 
yeah, and I thought it was really fun. Um, took a little deep dive there, and then, you know, somewhat interesting, but I really won't share too much of that. I think it's more important about the test itself. <laughs> um, not necessarily the people who brought the test in, which I think some would disagree with me. But that's not the point of this podcast today. So... <laughs> We can talk about it another time. I'm actually yeah. interested. Yeah, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, DM me, DM me for any qualms you may have with what I just said. Um, but, yes, I, too, was exposed to the test in high school. And I think I was able to take it for free, but then had the opportunity to take it actually uh, uh, several different times within my life. Like, uh, college was one where I got the chance to take it. I had been to some, like, leadership trainings and uh, got to take it there. And... Th- it's just it's fascinating like I think these people are absolutely brilliant like to be able to have come up with that many personality I mean 16 different personality types and then to think about the intricacies of each one and then how you could be you could vary just by like one attribute and then be like a totally other like personality type so oh yeah it's really unique it's it's incredibly intricate. Each letter carries significance, like you just said, and it's it's so interesting that you know every type can share. You know, most types at least can share a letter with each other. So it shows that everyone has certain things in common, but they our commonalities might present differently because of the other three letters, which is so interesting how that works. Mm-hmm. And you know, just because we have things in common doesn't mean it looks like we have things in common which is just cool. And the fact that they were able to kind of get into that and understand that and find maybe human motivation and put a system to it is amazing. Yeah, it's 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 really fascinating. Um, that's why I had so much fun uh, doing a deep dive on this. And I know like even outside of the podcast, we'll talk about it some, like I guess a, a decent a decent amount. And, you know, when we've mentioned it to people, they've been like, oh, please do an episode on that. Or like, I know, you know, someone uh, from from my team, you know, Katie, she was like, do an Enneagram episode. And I was like, yes, like, we need to do that because we talk about it so much or enough to 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 make it something of value that we want to discuss. Um, that being said, do we want to lead with our Myers-Briggs types or do we want to go through the letters before, like, like what each letter means before what do you think? Let's go through the letters first. Let's break that down for everybody and then we can get personal. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Um, we could even break it down into twos. Like I could, I could start with the first section and then you could do the second section or I could just roll through all of them. How do you want to? Um, so you're saying it? like I would do, um, E and I, and you would do S N and then yeah, I do T. Yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. let's, let's go. Let's do it. All right. Let's make it happen. Let's make it pop. Um, Okay, well, I can take it away then. Did I say I right, did the you first take one? It away. Did you say you're going to do the first one? I can't remember. I, well, I said I was going to, but then. Go but then, for it. No, you do it. I forgot. I already forgot. I'm so forgetful. Okay. My short term memory is trash, no, and you've you, got a you're prime fine. example of that. Dude, <laughs> no, you're fine. So it says the first letter of your Myers Briggs um, test, personality type, also known as your first preference, is how you get your energy, right? So you have E and I. E stands for extroversion. I, of course, stands for introversion. So when we're looking at the E letter, obviously with extrovert, extroversion, you have people who are extroverted. People who have this personality preference are energized by that outer world of people and things. They gen- generally share their ideas verbally and recharge by being around other people, which I actually will circle back to this later because I have a few comments about that. Um, introversion, of course, like being an introvert. 
are people with a personality preference who are energized by the inner world in contrast to people with preferences for extroversion. Introverts use their energy in interacting with people and things and gain energy by spending time alone in their heads. Okay, this is interesting. I'm looking at my um, my Myers-Briggs report, and there's a couple of different like lang- bit, bits of language in my explanations. Like Let me read that. This is probably the most up-to-date. Why don't we just roll with what yours is? The we can. Well, I, I think it's interesting to read and see if what you wanted to circle back to might be addressed differently in this explanation. It probably is. (laughs) Yeah. On my report, extroversion, it says people who prefer extroversion tend to direct their energy toward the outside world and get energized by interacting with people and taking actions. So being active. And it says that, you know, these two letters are about the way you direct and receive your energy. So not just about receiving, but how do you put it out into the world? So acting, being like doing a lot of action and interacting with others. And then introversion, it says people who prefer introversion tend to direct their energy toward their inner world and get energized by reflecting on ideas and experiences, which I can say from what you read that this one on my report resonates more with me as an introvert because mm-hmm. it's it's hitting on that inner world piece and that you're, inter- you're energized by reflecting on ideas and experiences. So it's mm-hmm. not so much that like, you don't like being with people, but being and and pouring energy into thoughts and experiences internally is what makes me feel more alive. Um, Did the extroversion in this hit on what you were wanting to circle back to, or you should still circle back regardless? Uh, You know what? I'm confused because I'm, I was like on the official like site. So I'm just, I'm just like interested by that. Like they, I do know behind a paywall have more information. So that might be why it's a little more detailed because it's not like they said different things. I think this is just a little bit more detailed in the language. Yeah, that makes sense. Kind of what I was going to say, and I'll I'll just go ahead and say it. I don't need to circle back to it. But, you know, I'm an E, like at my beginning before I'd give you, I'm sure all of you probably could have guessed that about me, but I don't, I don't get energy from being with other people, even though I do lean toward extroversion I get energy from being alone to go back out into the world and and be an extrovert are you sure you're an extrovert then because that's like objectively not extroversion um well no no, wait okay so here's okay this is where I am it's fun because I feel like we're really showing our personality types right now and I'll come back to that at a later moment as well you know you can and I guess the I wonder if the test contradicts that that you can be an extrovert. I've always heard you can be an extrovert introvert. And well, so there's you, a scale. So my report has a scale. So I'm slightly introverted. So you might be slightly extroverted, which means you would still have maybe some introversion in you, but because you're not extreme, you know, there's it, it's all on a scale. Interesting. Okay, so then I wonder. I may have some introversion, but I've always tested E. Every test I've ever taken, I've been E dominant. So it's. I don't know. I don't know. But I do get energy from you, other people. But when I, I get burned out easily. See, do so. you feel though that like, if you're having a really bad day and you're feeling depressed, that you would need time by yourself doing your hobbies, or would that make you more sad? It make me more sad. I need to go be with other people. But I get burned out from being with other people. Yeah, I do that sure. And then I have to be by myself. 
Like I, I think that's also kind of normal, uh, but you're probably just in the, the the slight range on the on the scale, I would think. I'll send you my scale too, so you can look at it, uh, just to kind of think about where you might be on it. But I think that's important to know that this test does put you on a scale of each letter. Mm-hmm. So some people might be extreme on one direction or the other, and then there's moderate, and then there's slight. And I feel like for both of us, we're probably, I'm slight introvert. And I feel like you might be a slight extrovert, which means you would would have some introvert qualities, I would imagine. I could see that. Yeah. And the scale is important um, to remember. And that's a great reminder for me. I I had forgotten that it was on a scale. It's like not like you're one or the other. Yeah. Um, And I didn't know that until I took this official test this year. Uh, It's that was a news to me. So I was glad to learn that because I think it adds some some important nuance to the to the test. Yes. Um, yes. Excellent. Well, that I'm glad you pointed that out. And I think that that's really interesting. And yes, it's probably that um, your interpretive report is the one that's giving us the more information. So I'm I'm happy we have this with us. And I'm not just on the official Myers-Briggs website, though I think that that one is just overarching and very high level. So this is good. This is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the next one is, the next letters are for S and N for sensing and intuition. Um, Don't get confused with the N for intuition since that word starts with an I, but since there's already introversion, they had to choose N. So just remember that. Uh, These words are kind of, they're helping you understand the way you take in information. So that's the whole point of this letter. So for sensing, sensing are people who are people who prefer sensing tend to take in information that is real and tangible. They focus mainly on what they perceive using the five senses. So when I was in career counseling, um, my my career counselor is an expert on the Myers-Briggs and she was saying, if you're a sensing, think of like being on a crime scene and picking up on all the different um, physical things that you might notice. So footprints, blood spatter, like, you know, physical things that your smells, you know, hearing different sounds, like you're really, really in touch with those five senses and that's how you receive your information. So intuition then is people, uh, people who tend to take in information by seeing the big picture. They focus mainly on patterns and interpretive or uh, interrelationships they perceive. Uh, so it's a lot more about noticing, obviously it said the big picture. So far less in the moment and the, de- the physical details and a lot more in, uh, big picture zooming out and finding patterns. So, uh, very different in that way. And, um, I can, we'll, we'll get to our full types soon, but I'm, uh, I am intuitive and it's actually my strongest, my strongest letter. So I'm the farthest towards extreme. I'm still in moderate, but, um, on intuition out of all my other letters. So just want to put that there. Jackie, what about, any thoughts on that one? Very cool. Yeah. It's interesting to me. It's like, I, when you mentioned sensing, I like pictured myself walking up like a crime scene. I have, I have felt like you might be a sensing because you're, when we take walks, you notice details. Like you'll be like, who's the most interesting person you saw? And I'm not at all like, I never notice Yeah. So I, and I am, that's my strongest letter. So I'm like an extreme case, but I was wondering if you might be a sensing. 
It's really interesting. So I am an, I'm like a really observant person, but when it comes, like I'm thinking of myself in like the professional workplace. And so if there was a fire that happened and what I mean by that, if, if somebody's really, a client is really upset about something, what I'm looking at is I'm not looking at here are the five things that happened in the last month. I'm thinking right now I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the person's, um, like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm more intuitive. Like I'm more of a big picture person at work. I'm less like I can recall detail like later, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, here are these five things that like I've identified that I'm going to bring up like in this moment. Like, so I think you're based and I only know this from my career counselor. I think you might be looking at it wrong. It's not about how you act. It's about how you take in information. So how like are you more in touch with your physical five senses or are you more like thinking broadly kind of in this high in the sky looking at things and perceiving information um from those patterns so i um i do think you're you're pretty good at using your senses in the moment i think that's what makes you observant i think that 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 you're way more observant than me but that doesn't necessarily mean you're an s yeah, it's interesting and 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 I see that now. Um I still think I'm more big picture like in the majority of my like assessing a situation. Okay. Um or taking life in. I'm 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 reading people's like emotions in a moment. I'm I'm more focused on like I I think the big picture of it all, but I agree with you. I think that I do. I I bet I'm like a little bit of then and I have still have a lot of sensing I think I definitely do have those qualities um but I still it's interesting because I'm sitting here talking with you now and I'm like doubting that a little bit more but every time I've looked at my type as a whole every line it talks about I'm like I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not not, and I don't really disagree how about at the end we look up and compare what you think of your type currently and then change it with the s and then read both overviews and see you know, what you let's think. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, I will, I will we'll find that to real interesting. I think that'll be fun. It's going to be good content for the pod. I completely agree with you. <laughs> um, okay, we can put a pin in that one. You want to hit the next? Yeah, dude, I got you. Let me make sure I write this down though. Okay, so the next one is going to be the T and the F if you want to go ahead and yeah, I got you. get to that. I got you. So this is the way that you decide and come to conclusions. So kind of what I was assuming the last two were. Um, So T, thinking. People who prefer thinking typically base their decisions and conclusions on logic with accuracy and objective truth, um, the primary goals. So T. And then you have F. So people who prefer feeling typically feeling typically base their decisions and conclusions on personal and social values with understanding and and harmony and harmony the primary goals that makes sense um it's interesting with these two because i i already like kind of showing you what my type is but i'm i'm much more like feeling than i am thinking but i like to think that i'm more thinking than i am feeling and that's just not the case um that's how well, I, I think a misconception briefly. about these just because of the letters are that people that feel don't think like that's not what it's about you're thinking you're you're taking in that information from the letters before and then you're deciding what to do from that information based on like are you getting a feeling to move in one direction mm-hmm. or the other and you're thinking yep. about that feeling it's not like you're not 
using critical thinking, but it's not as logical all the time because you have like that pit in your stomach For or that sure. gut feeling sure. and, and people that are more thinking aren't going to have that gut reaction yeah. that they're going to respond to. So yeah. I think that I always had a very similar reaction when I mm-hmm. saw that it was feeling, I'm like, people hate me because I'm, I'm a feeler. It's like, it's, that's not really what it's actually getting at mm-hmm. um, yep, yep. in this test. It's more, like you said, how, how you come to conclusions and decide. And we need both in the world for sure. We do definitely. Um, and yes, I totally understand that of course with, with my feelings and I'm, I'm obviously a stronger feeler that I am thinking about certain things, but I think that I, assume of myself a lot of time or think that I need to dive deeper into the facts and figures of a situation than leading with, like you mentioned, a gut feeling, you know, and something that's instinctual. So like a pit or like feeling like sorrow or joy or whatever. It's like that to me, I consider over. Sure. Well, and you know what though? Like, yes, we need to use facts and figures for sure. However, some people don't have the gift of getting that gut feeling, you know, or I may be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure there are certain people that are so logical that they don't, they're not in touch with that, or they don't have that sort of feeling. So it's important to have people that can sense the feeling around them. I'm using one of the words from before. That's not the right thing to do, but they can, it's easy to do that. Like can, you can be in, in touch with, with that. It's not something everybody can do. And you know, that's, that's something that thinkers might have to work on being more in touch with their feelings. So it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And there's the scale. So it's not. Yep. 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 One over the other, which is, I think a great thing to remember. And then do you want to take us away with the next, the last, the last two letters? Absolutely. So the next two letters are J and P and they're for judging and perceiving. And these two letters stand for the way you approach the outside world. So we kind of move through, how do you receive that energy? How do you take it in? You come to these conclusions in your T and your F. And then when you get to J and P, you're going out to the outside world and you're doing something about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting that they kind of flow that way. So judging J is people who typically come to conclusions quickly and want to move on and take an organized, planned approach to the world. This is where I think J and T can get confused because a lot of people might think thinking means structure, and and it does, but so does J, which I think we'll, we'll get into in a little bit. So I think that's where that shows up in us. And then P is perceiving, and perceiving are people who prefer uh, to typically look for more information before coming to conclusions and take Oh, wait, hold on. People who prefer perceiving typically look for more information before coming to conclusions and take a spontaneous, flexible approach to the world, which, you know, so they're more free-spirited, those perceivers. Good for them. I know. I know. Good for those P's. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could take my F and get a P, but, you know, that's not how it worked. That's hilarious. Oh, man. Okay, so that's walking through it. Just to go through it really quickly one more time, I'm going to run through it one more. Extroversion and introversion are the first two letters, and they stand for the way you you direct and receive your energy. The next letters are S and N, sensing and intuition, and that is the way you take in information. The next letters are T and F, which is thinking and feeling, and those uh, stand for the way you decide and come to conclusions. And finally, the last letters are J and P, and those stand for the way you approach the outside world. 
So that is an that is it overall, and hopefully that helps you understand a little bit of of your own type if you don't know your type or help you maybe think through what you might be. Uh, but we can now maybe dive deeper in our own personal types. Definitely ready to go there. All right, I think so. Um, so I am an ENFJ. And yes, and I am an INFJ, which, like I said, I was I got that in high school, and then there was a time when I took I took this test, and it last year in my career counseling, and I got INFJ, uh-huh. but my um, my career counselor said sometimes the test isn't right, so she walked through each letter and asked me which one I feel more before showing me my report before showing me I got INFJ and mm-hmm. asked me which one I related to more. And the only letter that I thought might be different was judging and perceiving. Um, and so she gave me paperwork for both. And I read through INFP and INFJ. And I highlighted like every single line on the INFJ pamphlet. And I highlighted like three lines on the INFP pamphlet. And I was like, okay, this is very clear that I was wrong. But I think I just wanted nice. to be free-spirited. I think it's my uh, lack of confrontation. I don't, I don't like to be confrontational that I got confused with free-spiritedness or passiveness but that's not really what it means at all or what that what that's getting at that's so (laughs) interesting and I see where your idea then has come from for me to to swap intuitive with um sensing so that that'll be interesting and yeah look at them next to each other read in-depth reports and then say yeah, no, I, I associate more with this one over this yeah. one. Uh, because I did for a second think I might be an INFP because there were certain things that I was like, that ah, I relate to, but I definitely relate to INFJ more. Yeah, cool beans. Um, <laughs> I do kind of want to do that in real time. But before that, I, I did I did this thing. There's this, there's this website where you can put in two types, like of a Myers-Briggs and like look at them as oh, friends. Oh, shoot, that's great. And they'll tell you like a summary of like how I was like, I got to do this with INFJ and ENFJ. So I, I took two Do you want to do your ESFJ and ENFJ first so that we can determine that yeah, and then yeah. put in the right types yeah. for the friendship? Yeah, that sounds good. I, I have, um, let me pull up, let me pull up my um, ENFJ description. I won't have one that's like as accurate as Hannah's, but I have tested with this five times. You have a ton of knowledge. Yeah. I, I've taken the test like a shit ton, honestly. But I but I but I damn it, I didn't save my reports. <laughs> I, class, classic. I mean, I'm the same way. I literally have a hard copy from career counseling. It's the only reason I still have it. <laughs> okay. Wait, should we make sure that I guess we could read from like the same site to like have like similarities with the personality? I, I know you're gonna rely on your test, but Well, I'm looking at the handout that she gave me. Um it's separate about INFJs, but I can I can pull up a site if you want me to. Yeah, that that might be good. Um, I I've always referred to this sixteen personalities blog. Okay, yeah, it has these little cute little it. characters on it. Um, very so I guess I can give you like a quick description, and then I can give you like a quick strengths and weaknesses. I know I won't keep it. I won't go to like too long with it, but <clears throat> with an ENFJ, they're I guess the they're uh like um deemed as like the protagonist. So it's a person with the extroverted intuitive feeling and judging personality 
these warm forthright types I feel so uncomfortable reading this because I'm like I don't do you want me to read it for you yeah and then how about I read yours dude I just feel like weird about this it's like reading the SFJ right now are we trying to determine between the two I know I was I was gonna do an ENFJ overview so this is the one I've resonated with and then go oh do I think I'm in ES so start with ENFJ and then go into ESFJ Okay, let me find it, and then we will totally do that. Okay, so okay. the name is weirdly. I feel like because because this first part, you know, is and this is I I just feel like weird being like these are the great things about me. I'm like ah, I I know I don't fall into all of those. I just I don't know. I don't worry, we're weird. gonna get into the enneagram, and all they do is just crap on your personality. So it's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's not <laughs> true, but it can feel that way sometimes. Okay, um, especially with my personality type, people make so much fun of me. Uh, okay, so uh, what is who is a protagonist slash ENFJ? A protagonist is a person with extroverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging personality traits. These warm, forthright types love helping others, and they tend to have a strong ideas and values. They back their perspective with creative energy to achieve their goals. Protagonists feel they can't, or ENFJs, feel called to serve a greater purpose in life, thoughtful and idealistic. These personality types strive to have a positive impact on other people and the world around them. They rarely shy away from an opportunity to do the right thing, even what is when doing so is far from easy. Uh, so that is a good overview. I'm going to get into the strengths and weaknesses because I think that's where <laughs> I see myself the most when in my type. So we're going to get into those. So ENFJ strengths, you're receptive. Uh, protagonists have, a, have strong opinions, but they're far from closed-minded. They recognize the importance of allowing others to express themselves fully. Even when protagonists don't agree with someone, they recognize that person's right to voice their truth. Reliable. You, that's the second one, reliable. A uh, few things bother protagonists more than the prospect of letting down a person or a cause that they believe in. Uh, there's a little bit more, but I'm going to save the time. Passionate is the next one. Protagonists are far from being boring do-gooders. These types brim with interests and they take great pleasure in pursuing their hobbies, whether that's hiking, cooking, dancing, growing houseplants, or something else entirely. Jackie's all <laughs> oh man okay and the next one is altruistic these personalities are known for harboring a deep desire to be a force for positive change and finally uh, the final strength is charismatic determined and inspiring protagonists uh, often find their way into leadership roles whether they're captain of the softball team probably were you captain i was not i was captain of the soccer team but okay okay uh cool Okay, and then or a leader on the world stage. (laughs) They rarely lose sight of the main goal to be of service to others. Okay, so now into the weaknesses for the protagonist. Okay, unrealistic. Many protagonists uh, put pressure on themselves to right every wrong that they encounter. But no matter how hard these personalities strive, it just isn't realistic for them to solve all the world's problems. If they aren't careful, they can spread themselves too thin and be left unable to help anyone. Overly idealistic is the next one. Protagonists tend to have clear ideas about what's right and wrong. They often think that everyone shares these fundamental principles, or at least that everyone should share these fundamental uh, principles. So it can come as a genuine shock to protagonists when people violate their core values, such as truth or justice. The next one is condescending. People with this personality type enjoy teaching others, particularly about causes and beliefs that matter so much to them. But at times, protagonists attempt to enlighten others may come across as patronizing not the most effective strategy for persuading others unfortunately i've never felt you being condescending i'm just gonna put oh, that thank out there you. i have to some i i, I that's good because that I one i i literally have never seen in you i'm just gonna oh. put that out there okay the next one is intense 
When it comes to self-improvements, protagonists are rarely short on energy or determination, but they may not recognize that not everyone shares these qualities. But, uh, okay, at times protagonists may push others to make changes that they aren't ready for or simply aren't interested in making in the first place. And finally, the final weakness is overly empathetic. Compassion is among this personality type's greatest strengths, but protagonists have a tendency to take on other people's problems as their own, a habit that can leave them emotionally and physically exhausted. <laughs> yep. Okay. So of all of those, do you feel like you resonate with most of them? Mm, yes. Okay. I think I resonate with every single one except for, like, I don't think I'm condescend- Like, You're like, not. You know, you're 100% not. I can confirm. I can confirm. And I have done that before, but I, I don't disagree with any of the things. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the only one that I thought, like, could, I mean, I've seen the rest in you, I think. Uh, but yeah, that one I for sure have not. Um, okay, so now we're going to ESFJ, if I can find it. ESF. Oh, yeah. so inter- I'm so interested to see about Where this one. Where is ESFJ? ESTJ? ESFJ. Okay, console. What is that? What is that? <laughs> can you look it up while I read? <laughs> How do you spell it? Console like a game console? I guess? C-O-N-S-O-L-E? I don't know. C-O-N-S-O-L-E? No, it's C-O-N-S-U-L. We're gonna, I'm going to sound oh, like so stupid, console. but I don't know. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, An but I wanted to make sure that was right. <laughs> An official appointed by a government to live in a foreign city and protect and promote the government's citizens and interests there. Interesting. So they should have just called you an ambassador. <laughs> yeah, that's what an ambassador is. I think. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so uh, a consul slash ESFJ is a person with extroverted, observant, feeling, and judging personality traits. They're attentive and people-focused. They enjoy taking part in their social community. Their achievements are guided by decisive values, and they willingly offer guidance to others. Uh, For consoles, life is sweetest when it's shared with others. People with this personality type form the bedrock of many communities, opening their homes and their hearts to friends, loved ones, and neighbors. This doesn't mean that consoles like everyone or that they're saints, but consoles do believe in the power of hospitality and good manners, and they tend to feel a sense of duty to those around them, generous and reliable, people with this personality type often take it upon themselves in ways both large and small to hold their families and their communities together. Consoles have a talent for making the people in their lives feel supported, cared for, and secure. Hmm. I do feel that you have that quality, but it doesn't mean you're an ESFJ. Yeah, I do like like I do have that quality, but I'll be honest, like and in saying this, like it it makes it like make me sound like a bad person, but like I don't prioritize. Like I'm not thinking about like oh I've got to like enhance the life of like my community and like my sure sure sure, sure. like I definitely like have those qualities, but it's not like the dominant like yeah thing. Like I I'm think you think yeah. that way with your immediate circle, um, put pressure on yourself to make sure that your immediate circle is hopefully at peace, ideally at peace. But I agree, like, I understand exactly what you're saying. I'll run through the strengths and weaknesses, and yes. then we can, we can wrap this up and then get on with the other I goodness. I train. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so the ESFJ strengths are, the first one is strong practical skills. Uh, consoles are excellent managers of day-to-day tasks and routine maintenance, enjoying making sure that those who are close to them are well cared for. Strong sense of duty. People with console personality types have a strong sense of responsibility and strive to meet their obligations, though this may sometimes be more from a sense of social expectations than intrinsic drive. 
The next one is very loyal. Valuing stability and security very highly, consuls are eager to preserve the status quo, which makes them extremely loyal and trustworthy partners and employees. Consuls are true pillars of any group they belong to, whether it's family or a community club. People with this personality type can always be relied upon. Next strength is sensitive and warm. Helping to ensure that stability, console personalities seek harmony and care deeply about other people's feelings, being careful not to offend or hurt anybody. Consoles are strong team players, and win-win situations are the stuff of smile, the stuff smiles are made of. And the final strength is good at connecting with others. These qualities come together to make consoles social, comfortable, and well-liked. Console personalities have a strong need to, quote, belong, and have no problem with small talk or following social cues in order to help them take an active role in their communities, not necessarily meaning like your physical, like governmental community, but whoever you hang out with, I would assume, is what they're getting at. All right, so now the ESFJ weaknesses. Uh, first one is worried about their social status. These strengths are related to a chief weakness, consoles' preoccupation with social status and influence, which affects many decisions they make, potentially limiting their creati uh, creativity and open-mindedness. Next weakness is inflexible. Consoles place a lot of importance on what is socially acceptable and can be very cautious, even critical of anything unconventional or outside of the mainstream. People with this personality type may also sometimes push their own beliefs too hard in an effort to establish them as mainstream. Next weakness, reluctant to innovate or improvise. Just as they can be critical of others' unusual behavior, consoles may also be unwilling to step out of their own comfort zones, usually for fear of being or just appearing different. Next one is vulnerable to criticism. It can be especially challenging to change these tendencies because consoles are so, are so conflict-diverse. Console personalities can become very defensive and hurt if someone, especially a person close to them, criticizes their habits, beliefs, or traditions. Uh, next is often too needy. Consoles need to hear that they see a great deal of uh, appreciation, uh, need to hear and see a great deal of appreciation. If their efforts go unnoticed, people with the console personality type may start fishing for compliments in an attempt to get reassurance of how much they are valued. And finally, too selfless. Uh, the other side of this is that consoles sometimes try to establish their values and uh, with doting attention, something that can quickly overwhelm those who don't need it, making it ultimately, ultimately unwelcome. Furthermore, consoles often neglect their own needs in the process. All right. What are your feelings? Right. So it's interesting because with the weaknesses, I disagree with all of them. Like, I'm not any of those. Like, except yeah. – so first – First off, I'll say with the strengths, though, I can see, like, these strengths, like, being more minimal in me, but they're not dominant. So I'm like, yep, of course, yep. yeah, I do have a strong sense of duty because, duty because like, yeah, like, I like justice and I, like, have yeah. an opinion. I'm going to say something. I am pretty practical sometimes. Um, I'm loyal. I'm good at connecting with people. Like, I feel like those are also reflecting the protagonist, but it's interesting. So, yeah, I, mean, I agree with that. It's like, okay, yeah, like, from a social status perspective, like... I don't think about that super often I more so think about like I want my friends to like you know value me yeah, I don't necessarily absolutely. care how people see me in the community I do I do think I'm flexible when it comes to people having different beliefs like yeah, oftentimes I encourage people to I actually am am not reluctant reluctant to improvise I have to do that in a lot of my my job and like I'm always kind of improvising or innovating so I'm like uh so this is when I absolutely know I'm not one, is that... Yep, see, we, we knocked it out. 
we did but you know what's interesting is like showing it's like almost it's funny though because like as i'm reading these i'm like i'm not that i'm not that but i'm just like getting like really passionate about it and i'm like there's my enfj yes yeah you know absolutely well well, no you say your thing first no you're fine and then like i'm i mean like obviously like you know everybody can have needy tendencies but i feel like i'm not like necessarily like a needy person no Um, you're not you're absolutely not and I won't be selfless to my detriment. Like, I do care about people, but, like, I'm not going to – like, I've, I I was more that way in my life. I'm not as much that way anymore. So after years hardened me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heck, yeah. You conquered that. I read through this and was – there was, like, a couple that I was like, I can kind of see this in Jackie, but I agree with you. Like, it was very clear that that's not you. And after reading through this, I think knowing your Enneagram type, this is not at all that. So that yeah. is also very interesting. So we have officially been able to crown you ENFJ. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. I, I did always want to be the protagonist. Just kidding. <laughs> but really, that's You're what the makes me ENFJ. Of every story, Jackie. It's actually, lol, it's like ridiculous, but it's, it's kind of blessing true. and it's curse. really sad. Um, okay, so INFJ. And then after that, we read the INFJ. Uh, I would love to read the quotes I found with, between an INFJ and an ENFJ. Yes, sounds great. I have so some too. Good. Well, I have that one line <laughs> that I always oh, quote. Oh my God. Can you quote it again really quick? Oh, um, I literally have it written down. I had Connor send me a picture of that handout. It says, uh, frequently, it is the ENFJ who brings out the fun-loving side of INFJs. That sentence is preceded by, it says, uh, <laughs> INFJs can act lighthearted and even goofy seldom however will they become boisterous <laughs> I, I and then it boisterous. Says, yeah and then right because you are boisterous and then it but i seldom will be boisterous <laughs> and then it says frequently it is the enfj who brings out the fun loving side of the infj so that's that's what i quote all the time that's nice and what i screenshotted and sent to jackie this time last year when i was in her counseling so funny has that been a year now uh it was january oh my god time so almost so freaking yeah, wild um that is really wild okay so infj the lovely infj who is an advocate an advocate are you ready for me to begin i kind of yeah, jumped the gun there an advocate infj is someone with the introverted intuitive feeling and judging personality traits they tend to approach life with deep thoughtfulness and imagination their inner vision personal values and a quiet principled version of humanism guide them in all things uh-huh. advocates infjs may be the rarest personality type they are the rarest personality type um and i'm sure you yeah, love that. that my enneagram type loves that <laughs> i'm sure you're four right now it's just that's why i always it. i was like i don't want to be an infp <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. thank god i'm not um, and you know enfj is the fourth rarest type so it's 2.5 for enfj and less than one percent for um infj Honestly, it's the best for the world, but it's less than 1%. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. Do not need more of this type. Um, advocates, INFJs, are the rarest personality. They certainly leave their mark on the world. I- idealistic and principled, they aren't content to coast through life. They want to stand up and make a difference. For advocate personalities, success doesn't come from money or status, but seeking fulfillment, helping others, and being a force for good in the world. While they have lofty goals and ambitions, advocates shouldn't be mistaken for idle dreamers. <clears throat> People with this personality type care about integrity. Yes, yes, they do. And they're rarely satisfied until they've done what they knew to be right. Um, consciousness, con- conscientious. conscientious. 
God damn. Hard word. It's been a long ass day though. This uh, also there's no word. excuse for conscience conscientious. <laughs> damn. Con- I think there is. There's an excuse for everything if you want there to be. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Conscientious to the core. They move through life with a clear sense of their values and they aim never to lose sight of what truly matters, not according to other people or society at large. There's the individualist, but according to their own wisdom and intuition, correct? Um, so, uh, do you want me to go through? I can't remember. Did you jump into strengths and weaknesses? I just jumped straight into strengths and weaknesses after the intro. Um, fabulous. Okay. So, Hannah, INFJ, strengths, creative advocates aren't exactly like everyone else, and that's a wonderful thing. There goes that floor again. People with this personality type embrace their creative side, always on the lookout for opportunities to express themselves and think outside the box insightful these personalities know all too well what appearances can be misleading advocates strive to move beyond superficiality and seek out the deeper truths in life this can give an almost uncanny ability to understand people's true motivations feelings and needs they're also very principled advocates tend to have strong beliefs and values particularly when it comes to matter of ethics when advocates talk about topics close to their heart their conviction and heartfelt idealism can inspire and persuade even the sternest of skeptics yes this is great (laughs) passionate advocates crave a sense of purpose in life rather than living on autopilot or sticking to the status quo they want to chase after their ideals this isn't a personality type that shies away from big dreams in fact advocates are energized and impassioned by the beauty of their visions for the future they're altruistic i feel like this is also why we're really good friends we have some uh, crossover here of course with the yeah, N- well, with should, nfj right yeah a lot That's of where it. that comes into play um because i'm like oh it sounds like i'm reading mine but i'm like well no duh we only have one letter that's different um heck yeah oh yeah people with this personality type aren't happy to succeed at another person's expense advocates want to use their strength for the greater good and they rarely lose sight of how their words and actions might affect affect others in their heart of hearts they want to make the world a better place starting with the people around them that's why i had to get a new job that's all i'll say yes yes i was actually going to say that for the principled one when i was reading both of them yep both of them (laughs) i was like i almost said something but i was like i'll let you say that uh so here are the weaknesses sensitive to criticism advocates aren't averse to feedback that is unless they believe that someone is challenging their most cherished principles or values when it comes to the issues that are near and dear to them people with this personality type can become defensive or dismissive, reluctant to open up. Advocates value honesty and authenticity, but they're also private. They may find it difficult to open up and be vulnerable about their struggles, not wanting to burden someone else with their issues. Unfortunately, when advocates don't ask for help, they may inadvertently hold themselves back or create distance in their relationships. Perfectionistic. God, what is wrong with me today? You got it. You're perfectionistic. (laughs) Whoa. Um, The advocate personality type is all but defined by idealism. While this is a wonderful quality, in many ways, it doesn't always leave room for the messiness of real life. Advocates might find it difficult to appreciate their jobs, living situations, or relationships if they're continually fixating on imperfections and wondering whether they should be looking for something better. Avoiding the ordinary. Advocates yearn to do extraordinary things with their lives, but it's hard to achieve anything extraordinary without breaking it down into small, manageable steps. Unless they translate their dreams into everyday routines and to-do lists, advocates may struggle to turn their grand visions into reality. Prone to burnout. Advocates' perfectionism 
uh, and reserve leave them with few options for letting off steam. People with this personality type can exhaust themselves if they don't balance their drive to help others with necessary self-care and rest. Wow. Yes, check to every single you one You to a those. T, my friend. But that's, like, the best because INFJs rock. Well, yeah. it's – yeah, I think it's just – it's good – it's just good to see that the older I get, the more I realize every strength that we have is also can be a weakness. Like it, mm-hmm. it comes hand in hand um, and that's not bad. That's, that's okay. And we can get better at preventing our, or get better at coping with our weakness and managing it in a healthier way. But, you know, just having a strength ultimately means that you have a weakness and that's okay. Yeah. That was very hard for me to come to terms with in my yeah. life. Yeah, Hence that, perfectionistic. We both share that one in common. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, but that was like such a good response you just had. Like that would be a great one for an interview. If somebody was like, what's your weakness? And you're like, well, <laughs> strength. I probably said that in an interview. <laughs> yeah. That's why you got the job, man. I was like, ooh. I was like, that would have me thinking, man. Uh, I am a good heck? interview. Well, I can be. It depends on how anxious I am. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's It's kind of like it's really affirming that like that's why I love these tests is, is like hearing about like somebody having somebody affirm your strengths right and to resonate with every single one on the list and every single weakness on the list like that's Absolutely. why I feel about FJ it's like weird it's like yeah you know me like this is me like what pretty cool it really is pretty cool <sighs> thank you Mrs. Myers and Mrs. Briggs <laughs> and Mrs. Briggs Myers Mrs. Myers and Mrs. Myers Briggs <laughs> it's like yeah it's like Briggs, Myers. Briggs and Briggs Myers I wonder why it wasn't called Briggs Myers since there were two Briggs, one Myers. Because it sounded better. Myers-Briggs, it does sound better than Briggs-Myers. Yeah, yeah. Like or Myers is it just because we've known it that way all this time? Probably that. Mm. Probably that. Mm. Um, so shall I read the INFJ and ENFJ friendship um, compatibility? Absolutely. I encourage you after this, though, to, like, I'll send you the link to the site because it, it goes through, like, emotional intellectual and it like puts us both on a chart but it talks about how like you communicate it's really really interesting i'm like oh that is really cool it's really in depth um okay so here it is in terms of infj and enfj friendship and compatibility it's a pairing that works well these two personality types are both warm compassionate and caring individuals which makes them great friends they share similar values and interests particularly in helping others and personal growth this one this one i really liked (laughs) INFJs and ENFJs tend to be deep thinkers, bright, curious, philosophical. Oh, tell me more. I, I'm sitting here though thinking like that just reminded me of the podcast. Um, this is why they are highly Our new receptive. Tagline. What did you say? Our new tagline. Yes, yes. Um, they are highly receptive to new ideas and drawn to complex, abstract concepts. Why? I would never. Never, never. INFJs and ENFJs en- enjoy taking in large amounts of information and typically have one or more creative outlets. I'm like, this is like the podcast. Yes, yes, correct. So I had to put that one in. Um, check, check, check. Yeah, check, check, check. And I, I thought that that one was really nice and interesting. Um, I but, agree. Yeah, that was good. Um, but Myers Briggs helps helps guide us through guide us through life and. You know what I, I find interesting, though, and I'll, I'll, one of the last things I'll say about Myers-Briggs is that some companies take it, and what they'll do is they'll put their Myers-Briggs on the outside of their, um, like, glass, like, office door. Oh, okay. So that's when cool. people walk in, they know how to, like, communicate with them or know who cool. they're emailing, like, in their signature and stuff. So, 
Jeez. That's on at my previous company. We had it on our like our HR website. You could find everybody's, uh, but not on the door. I feel like I, as somebody who is deep thinking and interested in how people operate, I would definitely take advantage of that. I would love it. But then I think about Connor, like he won't even take personality tests. Like he would never do anything with that, but it would be so helpful for the people like us that would actually really want to know how can I approach this person in a meaningful way? And yeah. also how can I not annoy them? That's a really big one for me. I would yeah. love to learn how I cannot annoy people. I, but I feel like you don't annoy people. Well, that's probably – well, you too. But, like, that's probably because we try so hard to figure out that's how true. not to. <laughs> that's actually so true. Spinning my um, wheels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just spinning my wheels over here. Just trying to figure out what's going to work best for you. <laughs> Playing the guess, guessing game with your facial expressions. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're welcome to everybody. I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I – like, it'll be so interesting, like – hey so like when we post the photo of like what we're um on our instagram like please like like share your type right share yes, your myers-briggs please. if you know it if you don't know it take the test like pay the 70 bucks well that's a lot of money uh I if pay you the have it bucks. if you have it and you're really hoping to learn more about yourself i do really encourage it i it was such practical help to me as i was trying to figure out like what the hell was going on in my head and what i needed to do for my career, which Jackie, having just read through strengths and weaknesses, there's no surprise that I'm unsettled a lot of the time when I'm not doing the things I'm passionate about. And like, it's hard for me to focus on the mundane. And that's what I'm having to do in this season of my life. And that's okay, but it's hard for me. So it was really helpful to take this test and have somebody walk me through it and then apply it to your like real practical life. So if you have the cash, I recommend it. Put it on your Christmas list. Seriously. Have Santa, Santa Claus, get it to you, Sandy Claus. Bring it to town. He can bring it to town straight down yes, your he can. Uh, fire. Your um, what's that called? Lord knows he's already got all the hose. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Lord, Lord knows. Everybody knows. Poor Santa. Poor Santa. His dirty laundry is just out there. Santa Claus. I'm Santa Claus. Why can't I think of what it's called? Um, the fireplace with the um chimney. Chimney. Oh, there you go. He's going to get stuck. On the house top. But, but hopefully he makes it to you with that $70. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Santa, I want a Myers-Briggs test. That's what you ask him for. All righty. So, okay. That so we are going to switch over. We ready to switch to Enneagram. I am. I am. And I'm, I'm going to be interested when we, like, talk about our Enneagrams, right, to have that connect back to Myers-Briggs. Because I feel like Myers-Briggs – People are going to knock on me for this who you know a lot about the Enneagram, but like, I feel like it's more sophisticated. I think it's a lot more, like I said, practical. You can break down the letters and really know different pieces and parts of yourself. And Enneagram is really, really helpful. And there's, there's a lot of great resources that go incredibly deep. And I maybe feel like I, I feel more seen by the Enneagram, but like I said, I feel like when I see the Myers-Briggs, like I can take that and apply it to grow and change better than I can with the Enneagram, but people are going to probably be mad at that. Yeah. I was going to say, like, people love the Enneagram, which I get. I like it a lot, too, but I haven't done, like, any in-depth reading on it, and what I mean by that is, like, bought the book, read read each type, cried when I saw my type, because apparently that happened. I have done that, and I still feel the way that I just said, so. Oh, well, cool beans. Oh, I, I didn't. How did you come to the Enneagram? Let's start there. Okay, I came to the Enneagram 
when was that? I think I was living in Nashville. It was definitely after college. Um, and somebody was like, what's your Enneagram? And I was like, what's my, what, what is that? <laughs> my anagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My like, Anne of Green Gables? It, yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Um, and apparently it dates back, um, to like the 1800s. Yeah. Long time. I didn't realize that. And then people have like expanded on, expanded on, expanded on. And the guy's name was George and his last name started with a G and it's too complicated to say. GG. He's GG. He's GG. Um, Gigi was helpful and he built this thing for us. What'd you say? Hadid. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. Gigi Hadid. Nope, not her. Sorry. We could start a rumor that Gigi Hadid created the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Do you think that people would believe it? Do you think there's like anyone out there that would actually believe that? Oh, for sure. It's like, oh, God bless. Okay, so let's just be clear. Gigi Hadid has nothing to do with the Enneagram to my knowledge. Okay, let's just state that. Moving on. Yeah, (laughs) I don't want the press to get all involved in this. (laughs) You know what happened last time we went to the Hope she gets market. a Google alert for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is that great. Uh, yes. So, Enneagram types. Okay, before we, like, dig. Wait, how did you find out? Let me, let me, let me start there. Let me, let me start with Yeah. That. So, I actually came to it kind of before that huge wave and like, what was it, like, 2018, mm-hmm. 2017, 2018. There was a huge wave of everybody kind of learning about the Enneagram, but I actually came to it my freshman year of college because I had two friends at Auburn that worked at summer camps that used the Enneagram for training purposes. Mm -hmm. So they had their counselors take it and then they trained based on personality type using Enneagram tests. So one of my friends was really obsessed with it from her camp. And so she would always talk to us about it and got us all to take the test. And we would use that as a framework for our friendships in college. And it was like kind of cool to learn that. And then when it really, really blew up and when I, after I'd graduated and uh, was working for a summer camp full time, we used it for our counselors training too. We'd like started using it then. So I have a pretty extensive background with the Enneagram and really love it. I mean, like I said, I think I feel more seen, um, but I'm also a feely feeler. So that's mm-hmm. not surprising. Um, but I also feel more wounded by the Enneagram. If that makes sense, well, they're uh, like quick, more quick to call you out on your weaknesses, or just, yeah, I think it's just like the the negatives are really negative. Like when it shows you the scale of like healthy to unhealthy, it's it's very brutal, and it's that I think is what makes it helpful because you have to be very honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. But it makes me feel more, whether that's better or worse. But I I learned a lot about my inner workings from the Enneagram, not as much about my outside world proactive Mm -hmm. every day like physical actions and Myers-Briggs I think is better at that but anyway that's how I came to it and took the test quickly early on I'm just gonna let you guys know that I'm a four we'll get into what that means later um but I only later found out that I had a wing three I think I found out like junior year that I had a wing um and that was really helpful and and a wing essentially is just one of the numbers on the side uh so it goes from one to nine and you may resonate with one of the numbers on the side a lot as well and have some traits from that. So you'd be dominant for wing three is, is me. So that's an example, but anyway, um, it can get really confusing. The Enneagram can get very, very confusing. So we'll do our best to be clear. Should we start by going through the types? We should. And I also didn't realize that they're categorized into three groups. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. It gets so confusing. I want to make sure we're on the same. It's head, heart, and gut. The website? No, those are the three oh, oh, types. I was going to say, that's an interesting one. What, what website are you on? 
Oh, I am on um, mindbodygreen.com. I'll send you the link. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I, I just was trying to look for like a really, I was going to use Enneagram Institute because that's the official place you should go. So if you're looking for really good information, start there. But this is kind of a good overview of the types because we're going to talk about all of them. I'm obviously a lot more familiar with the four. So I'll probably go to Enneagram Institute. Eh, no, we'll just use this website. Yeah. Cool. So I can go ahead and. your email to me? I just texted it to you. Oh, no, it literally just came right when I asked. Baller. Um, okay, I can run through. Um, do we, we'll break it down by the three subcategories because that maybe will help you understand it a little bit better if we yeah. start there. So um, I'm going to start. So it's weirdly enough, number one is with eight and nine. So I'm going to start at two. Two is the first number in the heart triad. So two is the helper, and it's the first one in the heart triad. Three is also in the heart triad, and it is the achiever. And four is the last one in the heart triad, and it is the individualist. And I uh, just, the heart means like, what I've heard is probably the easiest way to say it, and I hope this isn't misinformation, but leading with feelings yet again. Like there's a lot of feeling involved, and that is often what you lead with. They have um have also have this definition here from this other side I was on. Oh, with yeah, go for types. it. It says depend. So, yes, like what you're saying, they depend on their emotional uh, intelligence to understand their own reactions and connect with others. So, right oh, on I love money. that. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. All right. So the next group is the gut types. And uh, the gut types, do you have the definition up in front of you? I do, um, which actually here they're referred to as head types. Five, six, seven? Head is one, nine, eight. Five, six, seven is gut. Interesting. They're calling eight, nine, one gut here in this. So this album. Maybe this website is wrong. This article I'm on. This, the one I'm on is wrong. The one I'm on is wrong. I just realized this, and I my apologies, guys. I'm going to write down this number and cut this out. Because um, it's calling one of them the reformer. The website I'm on is incorrect. It is the head type because five is all head. All right. So that's um, what she said. So this is what I'm cutting. <laughs> this is what I'm cutting, and we are about to pick it up in three, two, one. Okay, so I'm going to go through the next types, uh, five, six, and seven, and this group is the head types. So Jackie, can you hit us with the definition for the head types? Yes, I can. So we have, <laughs> my God, it's wrong with me. Here it is. Okay, um, head types depend on their intellectual intelligence to make sense of things and navigate the world around them. Great. And I just want to state that earlier, I said that these were the gut types and that is wrong. When I was just going through them in an overview, this website has it listed incorrectly and I wasn't thinking. Shame. But the, yeah. the first, yes, shame on them. The first, uh, the first head type is the five, uh, which is the investigator, or some people call it the investigator. The next is type six, which is uh, affectionately known as the loyalist. And the last is type seven, which is known as the enthusiast on most websites that you'll see. And the final triad is the gut triad. And Jackie, can you hit us with that definition? Yes. Um, The gut triad depend on their instinctual intelligence to follow their gut and respond to threats and opportunities. 
great. I feel like gut probably are all S on Myers-Briggs. That's my so. And now actually it's making me realize that I'm not sense. Correct. Which yep. is, which is odd because I am an observant person, but. But I'm observant too, but of different things. I feel like you have more of that I, but you're still very much not an S. I yeah. don't like yeah. you, you were so much not that, which yeah, is making so much sense now. And also making sense that this is going to be a confusing thing to say, but my Enneagram type grows towards the one, uh, which is the first of the head type. And the one is the reformer. So I'm growing by learning how to be more driven by gut and physical responses, which is mm. like, makes a lot of sense. And okay. You learned all that from the book. I imagine. Uh, book websites I I mean I haven't read like all the books I've read I can't remember uh the road back to you I think is one I've read yep um and I just from all those camp trainings we put together Mm -hmm. and back in the day but anyway the first one in the gut triad is the reformer number one the second is the peacemaker number nine and the last is the challenger number eight Uh, I've always found it perplexing that the challenger is next to the peacemaker because those are so different, but also I get it because typically peacemakers uh, stifle their aggression Yeah, and (laughs) they let it build and build and build. Um, Anyway, I find myself surrounded by a lot of nines a lot of the time. Like I become friends with nines. Like I'm like, what what number are you in? Like a nine or I'm friends with a lot of threes too, like me or like fours and twos but I don't really sway much outside of that which is that's interesting weird I know a lot of nines as well I know a lot of nines as well I had a lot of friends in college that were nines one of my friends I think mistyped herself as a nine when she's more of a one but she probably has a nine wing um Hmm. but anyway I know a lot of nines as well nines are also just like really good friends because for better or for I hope not to their detriment but like they just like to be easy and Mm -hmm. like like to just hang out and be chill and like lounge and I'm all about that so um not necessarily like lounge on a couch but like just chill in life you know what I mean like if you could walk throughout the world on a sofa they would do it and I would too so (laughs) uh respect to the nines nines. um I have a lot of friends that that are sixes so I also thought that maybe I would be a six because I'm a very anxious person and they're very anxious, but I'm definitely not a six. So, uh, I also know a lot of sevens. In fact, my husband is a seven. So, oh, there's cool. that. I actually know a good amount of sevens myself too. And now it also makes it. sense because they're super social. So they're going to have a big, big circle of friends, sevens. Because mm. they got to keep themselves busy, you know? Um, okay. So should, I know I just read through the overall types do we want to go through and um i can start with one and read the quick description i can do core fear core or the the short little thing here core fear desire blah 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 and go through each type yes what side are you on now i want to make sure we're on the same that mind body one. Oh, the one that you had sent me originally okay Correct. nice 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 you're just double checking make sure i'm on the same page right Cool, cool. I will get started with type one. So again, type one is the reformer or affectionately known as the reformer. Not every website uses names. Some of them use different ones. So perfectionist, type, right? And that usually it can be. Called. Yep, it can be. Um, but the names are not something that's like official Enneagram. So just throwing that out there. Uh, they're just used to help people understand, but they can be misleading. So know that. 
and make sure to do a lot of research when you try to figure out your type because these overarching descriptions are not always helpful. Okay, so type one uh, are known for being logical and virtuous hard workers who often suppress their true desires. They have a deep need to be good, right, and even perfect, prioritizing morality and ethics. They can also be idealistic about the future and making the world a better place. In terms of wings, so again, that's what they might share something with the nine, they might share something with the two have some things in common that they see in themselves. So for the wings, uh, not a one wing nine will strive for perfection within themselves, while a one wing two will try to bring that perfection into society to be shared with others, which will make more sense when we go through nine and two. The core fear of the one is being evil. Just that's, this site is doing a really generic overview, but we only have so much time. So just core fear, being evil. The core desire is to be a good person, the core coping strategy is reaction formation, uh, aka feeling one way and doing the opposite. Hmm. And again, the wings are one wing two and one wing nine. Interesting. Okay. Very yep. cool. Ones are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, type two, the helper. And we'll share our types at the very end. Is that the plan? You make that the plan? Uh, we can do it as we walk through it, I think. Okay. All right. We can um, get more into it later, but like you can say what you are. Nice, nice. So type two, the helper. Enneagram type twos or the helpers, like I just said, are characterized by a need to be needed and serve others. They are friendly, loving, and eager to help other people, but can often wind up ignoring their own needs in the process. Yikes. Been there before. Type twos are typically likable, upbeat, and positive, but may over-identify with how other people feel about them. Mm. Further... The two with a one wing, two wing one, is more likely to help others on an individual basis, while a two with a three wing, which is um, Ned, actually that's his type, will feel a stronger call to help larger groups. Um, core fear being unwanted or unneeded, core desire to feel loved, core coping strategy repression, aka stifling one's own feelings or needs. Enneagram two wings, two wing one, two wing three. Yeah, um, and just a quick note on this one. This one is like one of the most overtyped or mistyped for women because it's like the quote mom type. So mm -hmm. if you read, if you hear that and you're a woman and you were like, that's me, it might be you. So definitely don't, definitely don't write it off. But I would completely encourage you to look into the other types in a lot more depth because you could be mistyping yourself really easily as a woman just because. These are a lot of societal pressures that were put on women that we pick up at a young mm, age. Like Therefore, that. people mistype as women too. So. Mm -hmm. And and I, honestly, like what, the more I read about it too, and uh, well, that's a great call out because I see this and I'm like, yeah, I think there's like parts of me, but like not which I'll which get into. Sense. Yeah, and I'll it's get on your other side, so makes precisely. Sense. So I think I think Ned actually might also be a three. So I'm a, I'm a strong three. But the first time that I tested, I'm about to re read to you what a three is. The first time I tested, I got three wing two. And actually, every time I tested, I got three wing two. But every time I read four I and two compared to one another, I'm, like, way more of a four than I am a two. It, it's just so interesting. Like, but I meet both qualities. But I, like, I don't know. I, like, waver. I think it could be confusing with three, which you're about to get into, because you aim to be excellent at everything. And that can be attributed to your relationships. and. Mm -hmm it's at the sake, like you're going to be excellent at the sake of everything else in your life. Like it doesn't matter if you're healthy, you just have to be excellent. Mm -hmm. So I think that like 
over caring in relationships, not taking care of yourself. Those things are also three attributes. Mm -hmm. and like the twos have that but it's it's like different motivations it is we'll have to get into like the core desire is really important and we can get into it on the enneagram institute later especially for our types i encourage you guys to look into your own but we can do our types and our wings because that core desire and core fear are so important in typing yourself Mm -hmm. and i feel like um those things that you have in a two you also could maybe have them because you're a three does that make sense yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm like a strong three, like for sure, for certain. But, um, yeah. But I, but I guess you're supposed to resonate with both wings. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely resonate a little bit with five. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, it will be interesting to read more about about it after after we summarize all the types. But type three, the achiever. When it comes to type threes, also known as the achievers, this enneagram type is all about what they can do in the world to receive recognition. Yes, I struggle with that on the daily. They want to be successful, but it has a great deal to do with their image and appearance. Ooh, don't like that about myself. Oh, I, I resonate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a challenge. Um, this type is goal-oriented, ambitious, and fast-paced, and known to overwork themselves for the approval of others. In terms of a three's wing, a three-wing two will prioritize being the best in order to help other people. See, I don't really do that. Yeah, that's why I think like your yeah, I, I think I, you may not have a two wing. Yeah, and I'm reading like three wing four will want to embody their individuality in the best way. And I like that is what I do. I don't know. I don't know. It just is what it is. You you relate and you have like a very clear creative creativity and a creative expression, which can be a hallmark of a four. It doesn't have to be. A lot of numbers have creative expression, but yeah, when it comes to a three wing, if you have a wing and you also have a creative expression, it's probably resonate more with four. That makes think. sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a, great, that's a great call out. Core fear being worthless. Totally don't want to be worthless. Core desire being a person of value. Yes, I'd like to be valuable. Core coping strategy identification, aka identifying what their success is to preserve their self image. Yes, I do that. Um, but yep, yeah, that's that is me. I feel it too. I, I have a three wing, so I relate. Yeah. Oh. I very much relate. Um, I'm going to read my type now, type four. Um, I am very much a type four for better or for worse. Like I said, this this type wounds me, which honestly, the more you learn about a four, it's honestly laughable that I just said it wounds me because that's like the most four thing you could ever say. So I am literally like a walking meme of a four and it's embarrassing. So, okay, type fours or the quote individualists, according to the Enneagram system, are independent and free-spirited, but this also means they often feel misunderstood by everyone else. These people are the quote seekers of the bunch, unafraid to ask deep questions about their purpose, identity, and overall life. Imaginative, imaginative, deep thinkers, and sometimes melancholic yikes. This type is also known to isolate themselves, yikes. In terms of wings, a four-wing three will be more inclined to share their individuality with others. While a four with a five wing will be more reserved and express that individual individuality through creative pursuits. That's a really overarching weird way to talk about it. So we'll get into it on the other website in a bit Hmm. later. Um, The core fear is not being unique. And I, that's what it says on this website on other, in other places, it will say like not having significance. Uh, that is what I resonate with, like having lacking significance or having no significance in the world as a person. Uh, their core desire is finding their true identity. So in turn, like 
finding that you have some sort of significance and that you matter and, and have a special place in the world. And then core coping strategy, uh, introjection, aka internalizing and identifying with other people's ideas. Uh, interesting. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enneagram four wings are, like I said, four wing three and four wing five. So mm-hmm. I can get into the type five now. So I do resonate a little bit with five, but definitely more with the, the three wing. So type five, quote, the investigator. Uh, They are inquisitive, analytical, and pretty reclusive. They can be thought of as slightly removed from others, but it's just because they value privacy and alone time. This type is genuinely excited to talk about the things they know about, and they value self-reliance as well as logic. The main difference between five wing four and a five wing six, five's possible wings, is that five wing four is more concerned with fulfilling a purpose through their capabilities while a five-wing six wants to use their capabilities to create a sense of safety and security. Their core fear is lacking, uh, not being capable uh, or lacking competency. Their core desire is competency, and their coping strategy is isolation, aka retreating into one's own mind. Uh, the older I get, the more I think that that is a lot more me. I do definitely isolate myself um, more than I think. I don't know. It's interesting because in school, I definitely felt the three, but I'm feeling what you're feeling when you think about two and four. It's, I feel like as I've grown up, there's been more opportunity to see my five and like acknowledge it and it not just be moody teenagerism, you know? Uh, And it'd be like, no, I actually like, like I, I remove myself a lot and retreat into my own mind. So that is that. Yeah. It's interesting how yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like in high school I would have been more of a three wing two, but now as an adult I'm like, interesting. I have way more of these tendencies. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and maybe they were there all along. It's just the environment we were in. Certain ones, certain parts are pulled out more than others. But I definitely had some of that when I was younger. I, I it was there. I just didn't. I couldn't quite pinpoint it. Hmm. Cool. You want to read the uh, type six? Yes, type six, the loyalist. Type sixes, so these are people that you're, you're friends with a lot, you mentioned. Type sixes are the loyalist yes. of the Enneagram, prioritize feeling safe and secure in the world. They're always looking out for how things could go wrong. The anxiety part, so they get a reputation for being scaredy cats. But in truth, they can actually be quite brave when it really counts, especially with regard to a cause they care about. They are loyal, albeit a bit anxiety-ridden. When it comes to six wings, a six wing five tends to be much more introverted, while a six wing seven, six with a seven wing, want to make sure things are safe so they can enjoy themselves in the company of others. Core fear for sixes are insecurity, core desire, safety, core coping strategy, projection, aka attributing your own undesired emotions or traits to someone else. Enneagram six wing, six wing five, and six wing seven. <clears throat> My, my sister is a six. So I like, she talks about it with me a lot because she knows a lot about her type and uh, just really, really comes down to that wanting to feel safe in everything Mm -hmm. and constantly feeling like you're not safe or you're not going to be safe. And therefore there's some anxiety in that, but there's also some desire for control so that you can control your safety. So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. You want to read, you want to keep yeah, I got it. Type seven, which is Connor. The enthusiast is what it's affectionately called. They are most concerned with avoiding pain and boredom. 
As such, they like to keep busy, full of energy that makes them seek out fun and adventure. However, when they overbook themselves, which they're known to do consistently, uh, check yes for Connor, they can easily become stressed and overwhelmed. Check yes. They have strong potential to achieve, but only when they can apply their talents with focus. In terms of this uh, type's wings, a seven-wing six will want fun and adventure that feels safe, so less risk. And then a seven-wing eight will seek out opportunities to challenge themselves. And I'm pretty confident that Connor is a seven-wing eight because he has some eight tendencies as well. Their core fear is pain and depravity. Their core desire is contentment. And their core coping strategy, rationalization, a.k.a. reframing undesired thoughts and emotions. Um so, yeah, they're an interesting type. Um, they're really fun, and that's why, like, a lot of people will know a lot of enthusiasts because they're constantly trying to keep themselves busy, which will burn them out eventually. Sevens are amazing. They're so fun. Yes, I would agree with that. They're awesome. And I can see how Connor's a seven. Um, a seven wing at eight. That makes sense to me. Yeah. They, I'm still – Drew's out on Ned. Like, I don't know if he's a two wing three. It just doesn't sit right I with me. I feel like he could be a – I feel like he could honestly be a seven wing eight, <laughs> but no, no, he couldn't because he's, he's more in true. Uh, he, I think he's a three, two, maybe. Yeah. He, he's, he's definitely not a seven. Cause he thinks he's not afraid to like think deeply about his own life and his own, like everything deeply, which sevens are known to like run away from any sort of transparency or, or contemplation on their internal life and decisions and et cetera. You know what? I think he's a nine. Yeah, he could easily be a nine. I'm convinced he's a nine. I see that. I see that. When we get to it, I feel like, do you want me to read eight so that you can yeah. read nine? Yeah. Cool. Because I, I could see him being a nine wing I one so hard. Like he, or a nine wing eight, honestly. Or a nine eight. Yeah, yeah. So type eight is often known as a challenger. They are fierce, assertive, and not afraid of confrontation. They'll stop at virtually nothing in order to maintain a strong sense of control over their own lives and sometimes others. They do not like appearing weak or vulnerable, and they're known to withdraw an effort to protect themselves. That said, they do have a softer side when it comes to their loved ones. The main difference between 8-wing-7 and an 8-wing-9 is that 8-wing-7 uses their bold assertiveness to seek out good times to be had, and an 8-wing-9 uses it to protect others. So, you know, 8, I will say this, 4s and 8s often get a lot of, get a lot of shit, and I feel 8s are often misunderstood. I think my brother is an 8. And their core fear is weakness, core desire, self-protection, and their core coping strategy is denial, aka not admitting the truth to oneself. So very interesting type. They're they're very passionate and not afraid of confrontation, which is why I think Connor's part of he he has a wing eight, but not an eight, because he's he's a lot more chill than he is confrontational, but he's also not at all afraid of confrontation. He tries to keep the peace mo- for the most part, but yeah, but he he will be confrontational if necessary. Cool. You want to get into the nine? Yes. And really quick, while I'm thinking about the eight, um, we did our Enneagrams on my team where we're talking through it. And one of um, my team members, Kelsey, is a challenger. And so what we did is we always go when she's really passionate about like something or saying this is what this is, we'll be like the challenger strikes again. And we have That's this. hilarious. Um, Katie is great with Photoshop and she printed her face out and has these like, um, like a challenger, like the cars next to her with like flames in the back. And it's hysterical. We had it hanging up in my office for a bit. It was like a little bit, it was amazing. She, she was in, she was excited about it. That's hilarious. It wasn't like a mocking thing. It was like a celebration of being a challenger. That's amazing. Um, Good for for you guys. 
it's, it was fun. Um, but type nine, the peacemaker, which now I'm thinking that is last but certainly not least, we have type nines or the peacemakers. This type is characterized by a keen ability to take in multiple perspectives as well as mediate mediate. Like that is literally him. It makes that that's Ned. Yeah, it is him to a T. Like that said, they can go so far as to abandon their own needs for the sake of others, even unconsciously. They're inclined to go with the flow in order to keep the peace, even if that means doing things they don't want to do. The primary difference between a nine wing eight, nine with a wing, yeah, cool. and a nine wing one is that the nine wing eight lights a challenge, isn't afraid to assert themselves in an effort to achieve peace, while nine wing one is more inclined to seek peace through perfectionism. Core fear, loss, and separation. Core desire, peace of mind. Core coping strategy, narcotization. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> AKA numbing to avoid unwanted internal or external conflict. It is about narcotics. Interesting word. (laughs) Huh. Interesting. Maybe. uh, Yeah. I don't like that. (laughs) I don't either. Um, I don't know if you would agree with that. I'll have to talk to him and I'll have to let everybody know. Um, so that's, that wraps it up. That's, that's nine. That's the last one. Cause you started with one, didn't you? Or no? Yeah, I did. Yep. Yep. I could. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to hear Ned's thoughts after this because I think I could see him maybe nine wing eight. I don't know. Let's go chat with him. Let's make yeah. him take the test yeah. again. I love that idea. Um, he he doesn't strike me as emo- twos can be very like not emotional in a bad way. They're in the heart triad, but yeah. I don't feel like I feel like he has a better handle on his emotions, and at least I do <laughs> from I when I talk to Ned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think he's I think he's a nine for sure. Um. That gut triad, though. Oh, completely. You said you had a site that you were going to read something off of, right? Yeah, so the Enneagram Institute, if you want to Google it, is like the official place to be. And I think it could be fun for us to read our types there because this is like the the official resource. So I know I mentioned earlier that types, I grow to a four. Um, That's kind of a confusing thing to explain. So the way I'll say it succinctly and to try to make it clear is that essentially you'll always be your own number, but you'll start exhibiting some traits of another number when you're healthy. And then you might exhibit traits of another type when you're unhealthy and a sign that you are either healthy or unhealthy is like, okay, I'm always a four, but today I'm really needy that other people need to need me, (laughs) needy that other people need to need me too much. I need to reword that, but whatever. Um, which would be a sign that I'm in stress because when I'm stressed, I exhibit signs of a two. And if I am, I'm always a four, but if I'm starting to realize like I'm doing a good job taking my, um, taking my thoughts out and like putting them to action and having like logical, um, steps to achieve things that I really am passionate about and care about and like see truth. Uh, then I am probably healthy and, and growing because that's a little bit of a one. So that's just a way to think about growing and uh, digressing in stress. So with your type, when you look it up, definitely take a look at that because it's important to know because when I have been in my worst state, I definitely can see some two qualities in me and not the good ones. Like not not it's not a good look on me because I'm not a two. Twos, it's an excellent look on you. It's just not on me. Um, okay. So I can start, like I said, I, I stress, I, I go to two when I'm growing, I go to to one. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, the type four in brief. So fours are self-aware, sensitive, and reserved. They're, uh, they are emotionally honest, creative, and personal, but can also be moody and self-conscious without 
uh, withholding themselves from others due to feeling vulnerable and defective. Like that really resonates with me, like feeling defective. Oof, anyway. uh, they can also feel disdainful and exempt from ordinary ways of living. Uh, they typically have problems with melancholy, self-indulgence, and self-pity. Yes. At their best, in italicis, because, you know, you have to italicize that. That feels hurtful. Uh, they're <laughs> That's calling me out. I'm upset. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they're inspired and highly creative. They're able to renew themselves and transform their experiences. So... I'm going to run through the basic fear, basic desire, and all that again, because this site has it a little differently. So basic fear mm. is that you have no identity or personal significance. Like that is truly how I 100% know I'm a four, because that at the end of the day, when I'm my most depressed and I'm trying to mm. really dig down and figure out why, so I'm afraid that my life doesn't matter at all because I have no significance. Uh, and that's why I care about being an individual is not necessarily because sometimes it's because I'm self-absorbed and like maybe narcissistic, I hope not, but maybe, um, but really no, what's underneath it. Mm -mm. Yeah. I don't think you are. Well, like, I don't think we'd be friends if you were narcissistic. Because <laughs> well, I know you. if you're narcissist and I am not friends with them. <laughs> thank you. Just Fair so. enough. Uh, but I can no, definitely. You are. I'm just kidding. That person, that person doesn't listen. <laughs> Everybody that's listening is like, oh, fuck, is that me? No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. But some people might interpret my, my desire for individualism as that. Uh, but really what it is, is that if I don't feel like I am unique, then in my mind, I have no significance or mm -hmm. lasting trait that will make my life matter. And therefore, like, I'm not, you can ask Connor, like something I say to him often when I'm in like a depressive spiral is like, I don't contribute anything into in the world. And like, this is really dark. But so what's the point of my of me being here? is sometimes my thought process. And that's what it always, like the very depth of, of that, that that's it, that's the floor uh, for me. So that's how I knew I was a four. And kind of on the flip side of that, the basic desire is to find themselves in their significance or to create an identity, hence why we become individual. Uh, the individualist that's seeking uniqueness is because we're trying to create an identity, like a pigeonhole for ourselves to where we can kind of stake our flag in the ground and say, hey, don't forget about me. Uh, if you don't see me, then I don't matter. Um, so yeah, the uh, we'll get into the wings. Or wait, hold on. Uh, key motivation is they want to express themselves in their individuality, create and surround themselves with beauty. I do care a lot about that. That's why I'm friends with Jackie because she's so beautiful. That's so kind. And then we're gonna... pretty people. Every human is pretty in their own way, so I can be friends with everyone. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, then also uh, motivation is to maintain certain moods and feelings to withdraw and protect their self-image, uh, which is why I also may be careful to share and be vulnerable because if something comes out that maybe takes away from the image I've worked hard to create, then I feel like my identity disappears and then I crumble into nothing. So that's why I get scared to be vulnerable about certain topics. And then uh, to take care of emotional needs before attending to anything else and to attract a quote rescuer is a real thing um mm -hmm. the it, the one i really resonate or that i find comes up in conversation a lot especially in marriage is well because it's almost like putting a mirror up on yourself and you get to see yourself more clearly in in a really close friendship or in a marriage or dating relationship you know it doesn't have to be marriage but in a really close relationship that you see yourself in a mirror almost uh is the the part that says to maintain certain moods and feelings because I like to, I feel motivated to sit in my moods and feelings and like kind of marinate 
in them. And that's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. And it's not always healthy for me, but it sometimes is healthy for me, but is really something other people want to avoid. And, you know, with Connor being a seven, that's something he doesn't, he's grown a lot in and he's not afraid of, but it's not something he's motivated to do or like feels the desire to do. So um, I see myself in stark contrast to that. And it's really healthy for me to see how he lives because I can pull myself out of it and like see that as an example. And then I can help him learn that it's okay sometimes to sit in moods and feelings, Uh, which is cool. And then the last one that says to attract a rescuer, I think that's hilarious because like growing up when I would think about who I wanted to date, I always thought like, you know, we all think French charming or whatever, but I like really wanted someone that would see me and say like, you are special. That's what I wanted. And like to rescue me out of obscurity and bring me into the light I guess Mm -hmm. and I'm so glad that that was something that I never really had the chance to have Mm -hmm. because it would not be healthy and um Connor is so encouraging and uplifting to me and he makes me feel special for sure but he is also really grounding for me and I think growing up I would have always thought I would want someone that was like emotionally invested and like over the top and makes me feel so like you know kind of like that toxic love (laughs) and I'm so glad I don't have that (laughs) and I'm so glad I I I didn't go towards that so I'm grateful I very easily could have Um, okay the meaning of the arrows in brief so that's growing and stress Uh, when moving in the direction of disintegration or stress aloof or suddenly become over involved and clinging like a two At their unhealthiest. Okay. However, when moving in the direction of integration, growth, um, they uh, envious, emotionally turbulent fours become more objective and principled, like healthy ones. Uh, there's some examples of people that are fours that are like famous people, and it's just amazing. Because, yeah, Jackie is on there. Also, Virginia Woolf. Shout out to my girl. I love all. All these people are so. so so intense <laughs> just love it. it's amazing wow, it's amazing it and it's troubling and I I still I love every second of it um it's it's an interesting list I'm proud to be a part of it but you know, we are a, we are a feeling bunch Johnny Depp is on here as is Nicolas Cage I mean come on <laughs> oh my gosh that's Nicolas Cage makes like sense because he's he's a feeler for sure <laughs> he's an individualist in every meme that was created in the 2010s yeah you know what's interesting i'd like to do a study where and maybe this already exists so i should look this up but where you compare like myers-briggs types right so if i'm an enfj you're an infj right and you're a strong four and i'm a strong three how many enfjs and infjs out of a pool of people would be three and fours or would they be not interesting and so i think i've done research on this before i it has to be out there. I don't remember my findings, but I have definitely Googled it before. And I I think there's definitely correlation, but I don't know if there's been like a real study done. There's just like Reddit feeds. I want like I a remember real study. I want like a 75% of people who are ENFJs are strong threes. Like I want some kind of statistic that is profound. I don't know because I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm reading a lot about a three and I'm going... Hmm. Like, for example, you just sat here and said, when, I, when I'm in my growth stage, I become more principled and objective. And it's like, well, I read that when I was reading about your INFJ. Those were traits that you had. And obviously, everybody can have, you know, traits that exist in other category, uh, category, uh, categories 
whether or not it's a string of letters together or you're being identified as a number. So it's just it's just interesting to me. Um, and it makes me want to El Deep Divo. So. It is really interesting. Um, I There's got to be right? a correlation. There really does. Has to be. Maybe yep. me and you do that. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's do get it. to work right away. I'm we in. just need we need a group of people. We need to incentivize them to take this thing and maybe we can start a crowd crowd fund and we'll crowdsource yeah, we'll crowdsource this whole thing. Uh yes. yeah, look forward to it, you guys. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be just just the best. Um Yeah, that's really interesting though. I feel like that's a solid description um i like how in-depth this is i've actually never been to this page where oh, yeah, i guess you this this like resources the shit real fascinating it is the shit okay now i want to get into um the wings for the type four and read to you the difference between the four wing three and four wing five. So the four wing three is known on the Enneagram Institute as the aristocrat and the four wing five is known as the bohemian. However, the website, I can't seem to find the description of them. So I went to a different website to read these, but um, just in brief, I'm just going to read a really quick summary. Um, Enneagram four wing three in brief type three makes fours more outgoing and efficient just in brief and four wing five uh, type five makes fours more detached and logical. So yeah, I find that really interesting. Um, so four wing three of the two types of the four personality type, the three wing adds some of the energy, ambition, and competitiveness to the otherwise withdrawn four. Uh, with a three-wing, fours get more image conscious and usually more productive. They are better at hiding the emotional turmoil inside of them to go out, be sociable, and turn their dreams into action. It basically, it's basically what you get when you want to be both the most unique and the most accomplished, which I feel like I've definitely played that part a lot of my life because I'm, I, used, I, I am still competitive. I don't seek out competition anymore because I don't like that side of myself. I am nasty when I'm competitive, and I just don't like it. I understand so, entirely. Yeah, it's so real. Um, but I am, like, it's, that's, a, like, a gut thing in me. Like, I can't avoid being competitive. It's just, it's who I am. But I just don't seek it out as much. Um, so I definitely, definitely feel that um, see, looking to be unique through my accomplishments. Um, yeah. I love it. So I really relate to that, and um, there's a spectrum. When you guys are looking at your types, definitely look up the spectrum of health to unhealth because they've got all these different steps of what you're like when you're like at your absolute healthiness, healthiest, and then all the way down to your least healthy. And there's a lot in between, and it's just it's a really good resource. So I definitely recommend you guys looking into that. But that's that's a, a the fours for you right here, and just you know. When I see that, I guess what I'll say um, on the other side of this is, I like I said, I feel very emotionally seen. I, I feel really, really seen by, um, by the Enneagram. Um, everything about a four, I found myself like over-identifying in college. So I had to step back and be like, don't define yourself by your Enneagram type. Mm-hmm. You need you first and then find yourself in the Enneagram. So that's a danger of tests like this. Mm-hmm. And I encourage you to not dwell on it too much, um, because that happened to me. But um, I think 
the reason that this test can be hurtful to me is because I know myself the best. So I'm like mm-hmm. the the deepest, darkest, like when I'm the least healthy. So I'll read at the very healthiest and the, the least healthy. So I, my absolute best and profoundly creative, expressing the personal and the universal possibly in a work of art, inspired, self-renewing, regenerating, able to transform all their experiences into something valuable, self-creative. And at my least healthy, I am despairing, feel hopeless, become self-destructive, possibly abusing alcohol or drugs, drugs to escape. In the extreme, emotional breakdown or suicide is likely. Generally corresponds to the avoidant, depressive, and narcissistic personality disorders. So it's like when you read stuff like that and there's all the levels in between, but when you read something like that, it's like you, you see yourself if it's who you are and it can, it's just very deep and resonant and it touches on, I think the emotional side of being a human more than the Myers-Briggs does just through what I've just read all of that about the four. I feel like it gets more at the real heart of who you are. Yeah. I could, I can see, I could see that. I didn't realize that that resource was available with, the Enneagram and I will be doing a serious deep dive um into all of that because I think it's like a a good way to kind of keep you in check like I like I like it because it's like ooh, okay what do I need to work on what do I need to like this can be a guide for me but like also I could see how that could be somewhat harmful because then it's just discouraging when you read it and you're like well shit how am I supposed to get out of these extreme levels of feeling shitty like being at my worst self being at my highest stress level well obviously I'm not gonna be my best self thanks for the reminder you literally (laughs) hit it exactly (laughs) like how frustrating is that but it's it's a really wonderful tool and I I think if anything like it just also reaffirms your number being like for sure this is what you are you know your number is so it's interesting yeah and maybe it like it maybe it's more of like a dagger to the heart for me because one, I seek that individualism, and two, I seek the achievement and my three wing, and maybe why you feel this too. It's mm-hmm. like when, it's like one of my biggest fears are that my weaknesses are the things no, people notice more than my strengths. And when I look at this test, I'm like, my weaknesses are really weak. And is that what people are thinking about all the time when they're around me? And of course not. Like, of course that's not how it is. But I think that's my like, I'm paranoid that that's how people feel about me. And I, I think that it just, it puts the reality in front of me and I have to acknowledge it and be like, yeah, I am weak. And I don't like to acknowledge that I'm bad at anything because that's the Enneagram three in me. And it would mean like, maybe I don't have significance because I find significance in my achievements, mm. my individual achievements, which is, you know, it can be very self-absorbed. Like you said, it can end up in narcissism if you're not careful. Yeah. Mm. Which not a narcissist. But very much can be. Anyone can be one, I would say. I could be wrong, but I think there are levels of it for sure. Yeah. Who among us can't fall into bad things at any time, which is why we shouldn't be judgmental of people that do. You're right. You're right. Nobody's perfect. Um I gotta work it. What? I gotta work it. Yes. Nobody's perfect. All right, you wanna get into three? Yes, yes, I'm here for it. Um but the achiever success oriented pragmatic type adaptable excelling driven image conscious yes i would have to agree with some of those things um but also i i find this hilarious i just read a line that i'll get to in a minute where it says that we have like self-deprecating humor and i do do that a lot do do because then you get ahead you're getting ahead of other people so they can't be the ones to degrade you because you're getting your first 
It's like right. a self-protection mechanism. Right. I do the same thing. That's how I know. Ooh, <laughs> but I do that subconsciously. Like I don't actively oh, yeah, think about it. So that's... Defense mechanisms aren't something we think about, right? How interesting. So at my growth, I'm a six. At my stress, I'm a nine. Which I wonder if that like is why Ned can identify when like he can almost identify before I get stressed out, like what's going on with me. And I wonder if that's because he's a nine. I, I mean, know. that makes sense to me. It, like, now I'm, like, even more, like, sure he's a nine, actually. <laughs> he's always, like, it. Not if you're listening, you're a nine. There's yeah. no way out. That's what you are. Forever. Yeah, yeah, you're stuck. You're Sorry. stuck. Sorry about that. Um, so threes are self-assured, attractive, and charming, ambitious, competent, and energetic. They can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised, but can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. They typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness. Yes. At their best, they're self-accepting, authentic, everything they seem to be, role, role models who inspire others. Basic fear, being worthless. Yep. Um, definitely when I'm at my worst in my head, I'm like, I don't, like, I'm, I'm worth nothing. Like, literally, I, I will straight up be like, yeah, like, if I do one thing wrong or something, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm not worthy of, like, love i'm not worthy of acceptance i'm not worthy just all these things like really aren't true but it is like a core um sparks like a core motivation of mine to like be all of those things that aren't that it's like how can i be the most worthy well i can be very driven um i can be highly focused i can be a leader i can be and so it's interesting because i'm like filling all of that space to try to not be that and my desire obviously is to feel valuable worthwhile um my key motivations i want affirmation yes like most definitely uh yes i would like to be affirmed that i'm doing the right thing distinguish themselves from others uh they would like to have attention to be admired and to impress others uh the meaning of the arrows when moving in their direction of disintegration stress driven threes suddenly become disengaged and apathetic <laughs> at uh nine um yeah i could see that yep i can become disengaged yep and like screw it nothing matters i can definitely do that however when moving in their direction of integration growth vain deceitful threes oh i get it i get it um i like to think i'm not deceitful but well, maybe sure both really... are there you're not well that's the thing is there's levels of health right you're right, you're right. I, I can say as somebody with a three wing and I hate this but like at my worst like if I feel like it will make me have some like not be worthless uh-huh. I might like we've talked about this like say I've read a book or something yeah yeah I, yeah, yeah. I, again I, I haven't do done too. it in a while because I've been really trying to like hold myself accountable to that but like yeah. it may be like small things to be deceitful about you know yeah mm, I don't know if you have that but I definitely unfortunately yeah I, I i definitely have struggled with that like there there will be times well sometimes i'm deceitful though to benefit other people and that's oh, yeah. like absolutely because be then like it, it keeps yeah. them happy with you yeah i'm like agreeable and so yeah i think like deceitful that way like when i like disagree like i'm better about if i really disagree or something like I'll, I'll tell you i disagree with you but i'm getting better about that but i can see that being deceitful mm-hmm. deceitful threes <laughs> become more cooperate cooperative and committed to others like healthy sixes. Learn more about the arrows. I'm not going to do that right now. 
Here are some examples of people who are threes. Augustus Caesar, <laughs> Emperor Constantine, Bill Clinton, Tony Blair, Prince William. Many others, including but not limited to Ryan Seagrass, Anne Hathaway, Reese Witherspoon, Kevin Spacey, Courtney Cox. It's going to be a lot of famous people because... Jamie Foxx, because the, they're vain and deceitful. Well, no, because they're so driven, like so driven to success at all costs that like you have to have that kind of drive to move past people in the world. So people that don't have that drive are probably not going to make it there. So there's a lot of famous people that are threes. Yeah, I could see that. I could see it's that. a good thing. That's not a bad thing. You're right. Don't read into that as a bad thing. It's easy to do here. Right. Don't self-deprecate. That's exactly right. Be nice to yourself. Yes. So at my healthiest, I'm self-accepting, interdirected, and authentic. Everything may seem to be modest and charitable. Self-deprecatory humor and a fullness of heart emerge, gentle and benevolent. At my worst. My very worst. Which I actually don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've, I've had this before. Uh, oh, this is scary. Oh my god. Become vindictive, attempting to ruin others' happiness. No! Relentless, obsessive about destroying whatever reminds them of their own shortcomings and failures. Yikes. Psychopathic behavior. What the? Generally corresponds to the narcissistic personality disorder. I'll be straight up, you guys. All right. I I can't really, like, I don't think I've been that bad before. No, like, there's no, most people haven't been at their absolute worst, you know? Yes, I, I haven't. Say, I don't. There are certain touches that I maybe resonate with having been depressed with mine, but I'm, I have never been at that last one. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I would say I resonate more with the unhealthies I've ever been is fearing failure and humiliation. They can be exploitative and opportunistic, covetous of the success of others, and willing to do whatever it takes to preserve the illusion of their superiority. Like I, I feel like I've definitely been like more like that before. It's just really interesting. Mm. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Righteous. Well, that's me, I guess, summed up. I To know me is to love me. To know me is not to love me. I'm just kidding. To know you is to love you. It's just the truth. Do you want me to go through your wings really quickly? I have them pulled up. Let's do it, yo. So just quickly, a three with a two wing. Um, Their goal-oriented nature of the type threes gets pushed towards the realm of relationships. So these threes are more in touch with their emotions and focus more on advancing others than themselves. Three with a wing four, the introspective and emotional four wing adds a bit of contradiction to the outgoing and performance-oriented three. It makes them more self-aware and authentic and gives them a finer sense for the aesthetic. Hmm. That checks out. I feel like I resonate with that a little bit more than the two. I, I can also see know some three wing twos, and I I do not think that we're very much alike. Yeah. I mean, reading the three wing four, I can definitely see that in you. Um, you're definitely self-aware, which uh, some threes are not self, like might not be self-aware, you know? So like Taylor Swift, I'm just kidding. Or Beyonce <laughs> I, I, or, you know, oh, God. I'm sorry. Oh, God bless it. I love this world, you know, um, <laughs> but it says it here on the site. Swift Swifties don't come for me. It, or, it, uh, it says Taylor Swift we're just on being, the site We're just here. being real. No, she's a hundred percent a three. Are you kidding me? She Taylor lives to be, like she, her whole life is just to uplift her fame. I, mean, I don't blame her for that. Her. She's the most famous person in America. Congratulations so, like, to her. her. She's succeeding at that. 100%. Congrats. I'm, I'm good for her. Um, 
One thing that I noticed on the three wing four, there was that language there that said, amazing, um, that said it it brings in some contradiction to have a four wing because like fours are like all about self-expression and like being true to themselves and having a personal significance and threes are about success and, and like being successful and, uh, at all costs sometimes. And, you know, doing the best that they can at everything they do. And like, they're amazing at that. And there's some clashing there. And I've always felt that clashing in myself because I get so confused between that competitive driven side of myself and then that, and like image conscious. Cause I am it's like, I'm not the hipster person you're going to see. That's going to be uh, one of those like is a hipster even a thing anymore? Uh, but like, I'm not one of those people that you're going to see in little five points like a neighborhood in Atlanta wearing like all the vintage clothing and like looking like a creative type you know Mm. I present myself in a very like image conscious way but I am still very creative with how I do it but like Mm -hmm. there's there's an inevitability there and I've always felt a pull almost like I'm a fake four even though I know I'm not Uh, but that's something I feel is like how can you be both but you are both and like how does that work but the easiest way I can explain it to myself is to break it down and say I want to find significance in who I am. So I'm driven to be excellent at things so that that can add to my list of significance. Yeah, so, yeah. but I don't like doing things that I don't uh, like feel are personal to me or unique mm-hmm. or something. So I'm not driven to do everything excellent. I, I like to do everything excellently, but like some things matter a lot more to me than others because they'd add more significance. Like mm-hmm. they're more important in my eyes so anyway yeah but I'm still really self-absorbed sometimes self-aware like very Mm self-aware of um the fact that uh I have that desire to be viewed as successful and Mm -hmm. presenting that way so I don't know it's confusing it is there's a lot of things flying around and a lot of going back and forth on like what defines me like fully like I'd like a full-on here's every single attribute, here's how I can be improving, here's, I mean, I like that kind of test, so if that's out there, wonderful. Bring can, it on. <laughs> seriously, because then I can better navigate um, who I am, and how to improve myself, and how to be the best person to be out there, but we were just really wanted to talk about this today, because I think it's something that's very interesting, and I hope, you know, that it's inspired you, if you, if you have haven't done so to take a personality test you know um you know I encourage it because it's helped me a lot and I know it's helped Hannah um it's just something that's interesting and if you have time on your hands it's just you get to know yourself a little bit better and you get to see you know maybe the special or really brilliant wonderful parts about yourself that you wouldn't necessarily like think about yourself that you, you are and also the hard parts where you have to come face to face with traits about yourself that may not be as desirable or you know smile uh, may not be smiled upon but you know but it is what it is it is what it, it is. is it is what it is um so yeah. I think I may have just said my carry out yeah I think I'll just tag along a carry out and say um 
if you were to like I just was saying if you see me out in public I'm a lot more image conscious than like Mm -hmm. the average four but like you wouldn't know what my type is probably unless you actually had a conversation with me and then you'd be like oh my god this girl's like such an annoying four or a lovely four but it depends on the day you see me honestly Uh, (laughs) and like what mood I'm in Uh, but all that to say my carry out for you is like be curious about other people as well because Mm -hmm. it's not they it's not always easy to tell who who people are and how they operate and what's important to them on the surface. So get curious and maybe ask your friends to take the test too. And Mm -hmm. the Enneagram Institute website has information about relationships too. So you can look up different numbers. So you can see like with my friends, this is how we have strengths in a friendship or in a dating relationship or in a marriage, blah, 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 anything that's relationship oriented. And here's where the the uh, roadblocks and struggles might come from. So always good to know the people you're around and know specifically, I mean, maybe this is moody and four of me, but like to really know that core fear and that core desire, because if your friend is having a bad day, it probably ultimately gets down to that. Like something is messing with that mm-hmm. sense of security on that core fear and core desire. So it's good to know the people that you love and to know that they're amazing and that you can get better at loving them even more than you already do. So it's yes. my carry out is for me to do a better job of that and to encourage you guys to do that too. I'm encouraged to do a better job of that. Ah, yay. Yay. Um, I know we had talked about doing a, uh, a product recommendation, but I don't really have, do you have one? You said you had one off the top of your head. Oh, food comes to mind because I've not had dinner yet. And I'm about to go to dinner, so that's what comes to mind. Um, And the product I'm thinking of, specific to food, damn it, I can't remember the name of the brand. There are these linguine noodles I'm about to have. Mm, 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 mm. And I found them at Kroger, and it's like fresh dried pasta. And I I just, it tastes like it's from Whole Foods, I don't know. And I'm going to send a picture of it, and it's going to be... It's going to be something special. It's going to be something real special. Very excited to eat it. I'm very thankful for it. And just, I'm so happy for you to have linguine. Linguine is so good. It's so dang so good, good, man. Mm-mm-mm. Well, uh, I did think of one. Uh, I recently got a new, this is a makeup product, so sorry if you guys don't use makeup, but I got a new skin tint, which is like basically just like a foundation, but lighter. It just helps like even out your skin tone. I don't always want to wear it like, full coverage foundation mm-hmm. I want something and also I've been having dry skin uh which is kind of new for me so I wanted something moisturizing from here you what I said it does not look dry from here well I've been working on it a lot and I'm actually wearing the skin tip uh, but I want I needed to wear like for a while to heal my skin barrier because it got really damaged I needed only moisturizing products mm-hmm. like that's it and so I went and I did a bunch of research and got the Danessa Myrick's y- yummy skin tint I think is what it's called I'm looking it up because I want to make sure that's exactly right. Yummy Skin Tint, Danessa Myrix. Yep, that's it. And they carry it at Sephora, so you can get it there uh, to go swatch it. But it's mm. a very highly rated product. Feels great on my skin. Has pretty good coverage, but not like going to cover all the stuff on your face. And it's yeah. moisturizing. I love it. Um, really big fan of it and have loved it. So that's my product rec- recommendation for this week. Um, may you go buy it for all the loved ones in your life for Christmas. Linguine noodles and uh, skin tint. Cool. Can't wait. Well, I think that's all. Do you have anything else for this this lovely week? No, no, other than stay cool. Stay cool. Forgive me specifically if I got too self-indulged on this podcast, as no. fours tend to do. As that's fours can sometimes to do, I know, but it can be a
now. Especially when talking space. about personality yeah. types, because I'm always seeking out to be like the individual and be unique. So my apologies if that came through. No, but, no. Oh. Don't apologize. <laughs> I'm interrupting uh, your apology <laughs> with this message live that you shouldn't apologize because we're talking about personality tests and you're supposed to talk about your personality types. So I yeah. feel like I didn't talk enough because I am hangry. Well, I think that's fair. Um, well, we have some fun research to do after this to just continue learning more about ourselves. Uh, like Jackie said earlier, please comment your personality types. We're so curious what our listeners are like. We love you and want to know you better. And uh, as always, please share us with your friends if you think they'd like us because we'd really love that. Uh, yeah, we're trying to be full-time love. podcasters one day. That would be very cool. I would love that so much. I don't know why I'm whispering. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, okay, well, I think yeah. that's all. How much fun would that be? Uh, we love you guys. Love you, goodish people. Catch you later.